We help busy over 40s get in shape in 30 days with only 30 minutes of kettlebell training per week. Grab your free ebook to find out how we do this. Type yes in the comments or check the link in our bio or description. Ladies and gentlemen, look at the distinguished gentleman of the Kettlebell Club right here in front of me. We have an awesome episode of the Kettle Knights podcast. I have with me Emilio Jubel. I have Pat Damiano and Eric Eric knows Kettlebell Spectre in the house, ladies and gentlemen. So we uh, are having a Kettle Knights roundtable, as we call it, where we just want to chop it up and talk about kettlebells. The last one I did was in 2021 with uh, Steve Carter, uh, Luca Kurcia, and uh, Sean Mosen. And I stopped doing them. I don't know why. I just stopped. And then I was like, I had, as some of you regular viewers and listeners of the podcast know, I had conversations with each of these distinguished gentlemen. And I was like, hey, the energy is so nice. Let's chop it up together. So, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast once again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, super exciting, man. Super exciting. Let's get the ball rolling. So, uh, New Year's resolutions, my friends. Um, we, before we started recording, we were like, hey, should we talk about it? And then uh, Emilio brought something up like, yeah, now is the time to get started. And, and Eric was like, and I'm completely on the other side. So, hey, Emilio, come on. Let, yeah, yeah, I can start. So it's your my stage. point was that I found that like at the new year, like I didn't have a big boom in terms of business or people reaching out to me about fitness stuff. I think it took people a couple of weeks. But you have to remember, I'm a personal trainer and I do online coaching and online programming. Right. So like people are usually coming to me for the most part if they're having a hard time figuring something out. And I feel like I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, man, maybe I'm not doing my marketing right or something. And then I like woke up Monday of this week to like a bunch of inquiries about it. And so I feel like a lot of people now are trying to get into it after they're realizing, oh, I'm a little confused or I don't fully know. Um, even like, you know, asking for like group classes and stuff like that, that type of organization. So I feel like now would be helpful for a lot of people sort of looking for that next step to to get that reaffirmation that like you are valid for trying to get into it now. But I was actually really curious about what Eric was thinking. Yeah, me, me he said, too. He said the opposite. Yeah, what's yeah. up with Eric? Well, so I, I do online and in person too. I focus more on the online stuff. And in terms of traffic, I noticed there was a lot more generated. So right now it's January 18th. There was a lot more generated two or three weeks ago. Um, and I actually heard a statistic recently about pizza shops. You know, everyone like nationally, everyone is like, oh, I'm going to eat better uh, at the new year. I want to have like a more healthy diet. And so pizza sales decline in the first <laughs> two, two weeks of the year. But their biggest, one of their biggest days of the year is three weeks, like clockwork, three weeks after the new year. Wow. Like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to get a pizza. Maybe. <laughs> Well, because everybody goes cold turkey, screw right? Like it, screw it, screw it. Everybody like, there. screw it. And I think that Stop I think the thing. same pattern sort of happened wow. with me, at least, where it's like everyone is jumping in at the end of the year, at the beginning of it. And now, for me, at least, it's slowed down. But that's interesting that that's not the case with you. I think, and I'm sorry, Pat, I don't know if you have any thoughts about it, but I'll close open mine. I feel like I come off very abrasive in some ways. So, like, I'm not really getting the, like, like, you see me search your deadlifting. Like, you're not going to be, like, a random person. Like, oh, yeah, I got to listen to this guy. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel like you kind of, like, need to follow me for a while and then get it. So, I feel like I sort of get the people that are more interested in, like, uh, not not to come after your services or anything, but they're like, oh, this no, guy's no, got, like, like, a slightly different perspective. That's, hey, we're, we're all, hey, we're all competing. These are bloody <laughs> waters, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't come even on, know man. if that's true. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like the fitness industry is so big, like, that there's, uh, of course, I don't know if there's course. that much competition. Of course, of course. There's so many people out there, like, yeah, where, like, yeah. technically, it's like, 
There's just so many people out there. Um, but Eric, I was curious on your end because I've kind of I'm kind of in the middle of both of you guys. So <clears throat> my personal training is basically it is where it is. That stays the same. I don't get many new inquiries because I'm not really taking any right now. But my online stuff was much bigger this past week than it was in the beginning of the year. But I'm curious, Eric, if maybe you were running like New Year's sales or something like that and people kind of jumped on it there. Um, also something that is kind of interesting to think about is new year's day was a Monday. So like nobody woke up that Monday, like super not hungover and was like, I'm going to start now. Like most people like let it go. And then like on the eighth, they probably tried to start things. And then, you know, good chance that a week went by. They were like, this isn't working or whatever. But I think that slight delay or new year's day being on a Monday is just like a weird caveat to this year specifically, at least. Yeah, I didn't do any sales. I purposely like didn't want to promote New Year, New You, because I only want clients who are serious about it. And yeah, you know, I think that that crowd. I mean, listen, if anyone's listening to this and they did make a change on the New Year's, like good for you. <laughs> but like, I think a lot of people tend to fail because they don't have that intrinsic motivation or desire and so they that's why they fail after a few weeks and so i'm really only interested in the like more serious clients and so i didn't want to yep. just be like hey 50 75 off like when you join at the new year yeah I, like you weren't saying like the quick turnover them. like the quick turnover that they're gonna lose them yeah you wanted like the yeah. longer lasting clients yeah and it's better for both of us at the end of the day yeah. right? if they're serious and i'm serious so yeah but i don't know maybe maybe it's something i should have done and we can talk about that if you want like marketing techniques <laughs> I'm sure we could dig really deep in that, but it's funny because as I, I was doing that, right? I was doing like 50% if you bought the entire year up front. And, but it was, yeah. So it's like kind of in the middle where it's like, you obviously have to commit, but you're going to get a nice deal if you do commit. But then also it's like everybody else is doing the same thing. Like did mine just get like brushed away with everything? Cause there's just so much other stuff. It's yeah. There's dumb. a lot of uh, like, a lack of information in this world, I think, especially since a lot of us coaches, our business is a business of one. And yeah. what data is really out there? It's not like people are taking polls and like publishing. There's there's information on gyms out there that I've looked up because I'm just curious about the economics of that sort of stuff. Um, but what we all do, um, I mean, Gregory, yours is kind of different. I don't, I mean, I don't know, Pat, do you have a YouTube? I think you have a YouTube channel, right? Uh, like it Technically, yeah, but I don't really do that much with it. Okay. Emilio, do you have one? Just out of curiosity? Uh, no, no, I don't. No. Okay. So I maybe like, say I, stuff like, like my like, uh, <laughs> clips like, for video games. Emilio, no, 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 I don't do that. I don't do that. I, I don't have no, one either, but I'm just saying that like we yeah. what we do is different from like brick and mortar gyms. And so whatever data you find out there about that is going to be different from online. I would say some of my perspective, because I run the programming for a brick and mortar gym yeah. um, down in Brooklyn. And a lot of what I'm saying is also influenced by there as well. Like I actually noticed for my personal business, 720, and then also for Lapine in Brooklyn, our spike has been this week, like tons of new signups this week. Gotcha. So I, I, it's, it's, I think it's a really interesting phenomena because like I said, we're like super focused on like a demographic of people that feel like they're struggling and we promote and I promote like very custom programming. And I feel like that gets people that are like, oh, like I feel like things aren't working for me. Like I need something custom. And, you know, it's funny enough, like my practice ends up being like, well, this is custom to you, but realistically, it could probably work for a lot of people. And then I try to like talk people and understanding like almost everything works. But, you know, I, if, I, I hope that that if, message lands. If you guys don't mind, I don't want to like, like veer away too much from the topic. But based off of what Emilio just said, it made me think of something about these custom programs. Yeah. Um, but give me, give me a sec. Give me a second here, uh, uh, yeah. Eric. 
Yeah. Gentlemen, I think, I think, and I say this with a lot of love, I think if you, if you don't, and you know, we have a lot of coaches listening. If you don't take advantage of January, you are missing oh, yeah, yeah. out. Now listen, I make one-fourth, one-fifth, one-fourth of my yearly revenue is January alone. Interesting. Oh, wow. For seven years straight. Since I've started this business, January is one-fourth of my revenue. That month alone dictates the growth. And last year we had, uh, 2019 was my, the biggest year we ever had. And then, of course, pandemic and stuff. And then it declined a little bit, and then it uh, recuperated. And last year, we've, we have beaten 2019 by 50%. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it, 2023, that's the reason why I have to do some legal stuff this year, to shield myself from taxes. Otherwise, I'm dying. <laughs> I pay so much that guys I'm paying so, oh. in Switzerland and Switzerland. Oh, no, I get it. Yeah. I pay so I much taxes. <laughs> yeah. I New mean, York ain't much better. I'm sure. <laughs> I think the U S is a little different. Yeah. But in Switzerland, man, it's, it's, I, I have to pay twice taxes. First of all, it's the value added tax and then it's my personal tax. So I've paid so many taxes in these seven years. I, I don't even want to look at the numbers and that's what I hate. <laughs> I hate numbers, but I have to learn them as a business, as a businessman. And, and you, Eric, you said, you know, uh, that we are a little different than brick and mortar gyms. Gentlemen, we're all in the business of having a business. If, if you don't have a business, you have a hobby. And I don't think you all guys are living off of what you're doing, right? Yep. So yep. It's, it's a business, it's not a hobby. Oh, so yeah. from my experience, it's January where people are motivated the most. Yes, that's true. And you have to capitalize on it. Now, what, what, Eric, what you're saying, your most serious customers. I've just done two deals in the beginning of January with a huge uh, uh, L, um, lifetime value. I always, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Lifetime value is how much value does a uh, customer yeah. generate. And I, I, would, I would say it's rather yearly value, the way I see it. Because lifetime, I have a couple of clients that have they've generated lifetime over seven years. But most of them, I always reckon I have one number in, in, in one year, so that's the, the, the yearly value. And I've closed them because of January. Yes, they have been already warmed up through the YouTube, through some ads. And the advertising game, I'm spending close to $4,000 on ads, January alone, Google and Facebook. Sense, yeah. I'm going all in. And when it comes to targeting, I think this is what you guys, this is what's so important, and I've learned this. When, when you wanna gain new clients, it is always a game of small numbers. That's what I've learned. Yeah. You will, are you guys familiar with the sales funnel? Yeah. And how that works, right? You That's have the top, right? Where everybody jumps in. And one quick question, and I think it's such a great topic. One quick question. How do you guys generate the, the tofu, the top of the funnel, how people come in? How do you do it? Tofu. Yeah, tofu, I love it. Uh, so mine actually, so the program that I try and push everybody onto the first seven days are free. So I try and kind of promote it as get seven days of free kettlebell training. And that's like the beginning of the funnel. Great. And Eric, even if I just referrals. get their email and I, go from there. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. So I actually just implemented a free trial, but uh, for me, it's the community. I have a separate discord. And so well, okay. people to discord and part of the community, then that All leads right. them to the program. Do you, do they have to sign up with their email when they join that? 
Yeah, that's how I set it up. I'm thinking if okay. I should like. I don't you have don't a, get their email, right? Discord doesn't doesn't give you their email when you do that. No, no, no. But I have it yeah, set up on their website. And what's and what's your part, Emilio? For me, it's referrals. But I, remember, I have a much smaller following than them. Okay. So like all of the people. Not about fault. Like, has good. nothing to do with following, oh, yeah, yeah. brother. Oh, no. Nothing. Oh, nothing you, at all. I, I feel pretty good about my income. <laughs> okay. But, um, it's, it's no, but not very, not a like, following. You know, it's not about the following. Who cares? Nobody cares about the following at all. You know, we we think we are in this bubble. Instagram, YouTube stuff. I, I have to say, like I always say, a big channel, of course, doesn't matter whether it's YouTube or Instagram, is always warms up an audience. So what I would do if I was Pat or Eric, I would retarget the hell out of everybody who's, who's, who's uh, interacting with my Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, I think what I'm saying right? is that changes That's what you how have you to interact, do. like how you leverage things, right? Like, I can't necessarily leverage like on my Discord for something like that. Like we're yeah, but have, like, three who cares forward. about Discord? What you can leverage, brother, is a so-called HVCO. I've learned this six weeks ago. That's a, called an a, a high-value content offer. Oh, cool. Okay. What's a high-value content offer? Here's and, and let me just I want to share the, the power with it with you because you, you won't believe it. What happened in the last last six weeks since I implemented the strategy? So my high-value content offer is a free ebook yep, yes seen it's this. the free ebook right yeah, yeah, yeah. great 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 so i love the seven day trial pat but here's what i've noticed if you have people on a seven day trial and you start sending them emails where you want to warm them up to get to get something from you where they actually want them to buy is you have to actually wait for seven days most of them won't start anyways i get it but what i've seen is i have given away 30-day kettlebell challenges and nothing happened however if it's a small thing just a small piece where you can really help them move forward in the ebook, like I do it right now. I did videos, I did challenges. Ebook works like magic. It's one little piece that they can download it. I can read it by myself. I don't have to work out because I'm in hunt mode. I'm in research mode. Yeah. Or maybe I just stumbled on it, right? And yeah. let me tell you guys, here's what I want from you if you want my ebook. I want your email, I want your name, and I want your number. So it's a data acquisition thing. It's really just like a way That's to what it is. That's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. Exactly, Emilio. And I've generated. <laughs> here's the crazy thing. This ebook is resonating with my core audience so much so that I'm generating 50% conversion rate. I'm having a 50%, five zero. That's really high. Normally it's 15 to 20 if you're good. I have 50 and people have to give me their number, yeah. right? And here's the thing, it's not just, uh, just finish hey, it just a couple know. of seconds. And it's not even just the, the, uh, uh, the warm up, uh, the warmed up audience. Of course, they already know me from YouTube, but the cold audience from Facebook and Google, guess what? 35% conversion rate. Mm -hmm. So these That's folks, really I really connect with their pain, what they want, because I've, I've, I, we call this a halo strategy where you have to find out, find out what their biggest pain point is. Mm -hmm. And then you start advertising them through emails. And now here's the biggest thing. Now we start calling them. Angie's is going to start calling them next week and have somebody in the US who's going to start calling them as well. And this is how you gather clients. And in January, because they're so motivated, you have to sift through, Eric, all the, you got a huge number. And at the end, maybe five clients convert right? But these five clients pay a couple of thousands for, for the intense coaching maybe. And that's where it's worth it, right? So bottom line, and then I'll stop talking. Bottom line, January is the most important month in fitness from my perspective.
Yeah, oh, I mean, and... definitely. Like, the numbers are way high. Sorry, Eric. You go. You you are having something. Well, you were. I just wanted to comment on what you said about like follower count and, like, that's sure that like gets more eyeballs and stuff. But if you're putting out like not quality stuff, then you your retention will be terrible. And so. Oh, definitely. Like, it's... Bro, no, it's not, brother. No, it's not. Look at Vshred. <laughs> it's not. I, no, it's I've not. Never, it's I've never not. Seen his, like actual sales products. Like he had. I know he has a big. Vshred is the biggest. He spent three hundred thousand U.S. dollars on Facebook ads alone. Yeah, but, but I think I, have, I mean, per have month. His, have you looked at his product? Like what is? Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing, gentlemen. That's what I want to. Of course, we care about our product. But here's yeah, what yeah. I've learned: your product <laughs> can be average to bad. If yeah, you have great distribution, no, 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 yeah. it's not that going to run. If you have great distribution, nobody cares because people don't know. We actually care, right? We are the ones who say, for example, as, as I was in that marketing class, right? We always have a Q&A. So this one guy jumps on the call, right? And he says, I have a fitness business, so what are you? And then we always have to give an elevator pitch. It's like, hey, we help uh, busy over 40s get in shape with only 30 minutes of kettlebell training yeah, yeah. per week. That's what we do. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, good. So this guy starts talking. He's a young guy. He says, yeah, we help uh, young women get in shape. Awesome. And then he starts talking about blood diet, blood type diets. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm like, we, <laughs> from a scientific perspective, completely unfounded. But nobody cares if you have a strong marketing machine. That's the reason why V-Shred is killing it. And we are here having a great podcast, right? But I think what happens is, is that's like, what it is, brother. To four ethical coaches. Like, I think that yes. nobody in this room is willing to do that or in this e-room is willing to. And do you that, don't have to. Said. And you don't have to, Emilio. But the, 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 what we can learn from V-Shred is distribution is the key. Yeah. And you're having your, a and your, building company. Yes. And, and, and your all their money in you. <laughs> and, and the content, the content doesn't even have to be that great, Eric. You get what I'm saying? Of course, you're putting, we, I think we can agree that all of us, we put out awesome content because we love what we do. But at the end of the day, people cannot make the discernment between what is good and what is bad because they see a V-Shred, it's like, oh, that guy's awesome. We look at him like, bro, you're calling a conventional deadlift a, a what was it? He, he called it a, a, a I, I don't know. Cool. Or his, <laughs> right? It was so. It was so off. Video in like right? I think I was like 16 last time I saw. But the guy <laughs> is killing it. That's what I'm trying to say, guys. Yeah, yeah. He's the biggest fitness spender on advertising, which means what he does works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's having that marketing aspect, and good marketing is is very important. Obviously, I would personally feel terrible if I focused only on that and just had a crap product. So. I'm glad we all agree that having a quality product is important, but I do, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Gregory. This, this whole space is like relatively new to me. I started this as a hobby, you know, two mm -hmm. years ago mm -hmm. and only like six to eight months ago did I start to get like serious about making it a business and that like mm -hmm. all of this stuff, this is why it's important to talk to other coaches to learn from each other. Yeah. And yeah. I'm really happy. I didn't know what to expect going into this conversation, but it seems like it's more of like a, like an episode for coaches, which is good, or just like business owners in general. Yeah, I just met, I, I just went on a tangent right here, but no, no, you know, but it was good. That's what I, I, I love interesting. It. Yeah, that's yeah, what I would too. do if I was Pat and 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 uh, uh, Eric. That's what I would do. I would go on Facebook. I would retarget everybody who interacts with my stuff. Give them a free ebook. You know what I pay for retargeting? This is the crazy thing. I pay on average five dollars per lead. Interesting. For cold audiences. That's that's almost nothing. For retargeting audiences, I pay one buck fifty. And remember, these guys have to give me their name, their email, and their number.
Very valuable info. And and the, that's what that's what I've learned from this guy. And he's so true about it. He says, you can be you can be the best coach, the best architect, the best cleaner. Doesn't matter. Yeah. If you have, he says, there's two two guys. You have one guy, two guys. Uh, the one guy, both are in the cooking business or restaurant business. The reason why one guy sells his business after 20 years and makes millions, and the other guy still has a job, even though he's self-employed and he has to hustle and make ends work, is only one difference. It's not the food; it's the distribution and the marketing. That's yeah, I, the that's the ugly truth. Yeah, keep going. That's I as I. Uh, like dove deeper into this field. That's why I've stopped getting mad at people like V Shred like two years ago. I was like, this guy, he's so dumb, blah, blah. Like not him specifically, but just in general. But like, yeah. how does this person have such a big following, blah, whatever it is. And I've stopped getting mad at that because like as I've gotten deeper into it, it's like it's just a marketing game. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it's really not, uh, it's not necessary. Obviously, you, you have to know something, at least like guys like us are going to pride ourselves on that and be ethical in a sense. But a lot of it, it's just such a big marketing game. And it's like, and if you're not willing to do it, you're not willing to do it. That's totally fine. Like, just a lot of code. Like, I used to be that guy who's like mad and looking up at that guy, like, oh, he sucks, whatever. And it's like, you can't get frustrated if you're not going to be willing to put in the distribution and the marketing. It's, it's a different ball game. Something else has even happened to me. So, like, I haven't even really cared about like what a lot, a lot of the bigger people are doing because I've noticed, I mean, I'm in New York City, so that changes some things, right? Mm. But the market in New York City itself is so fucking huge that like mm, just by virtue point. of training people, like I will gradually acquire, because I get pretty much, I don't spend any money on, on ads or anything. I don't spend any money on it whatsoever. Anybody I get is organic completely. And I'll, I'll get like a follower from a friend, right? Like a friend, I'll train somebody like, oh, that was a great session. Like I'm going to tell my friend about it. The friend follows me. And I've noticed there's a really strong byline. Like if you follow my account off of somebody mentioning me, the chance of me eventually acquiring you as like a trainer, as, as like in your trade, as your trainer in some way is like extremely high. And I charge a decent amount. So like what I've noticed is like to, going back to the following thing. And this is why I said, I don't really care about the following thing. I, th I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because the difference between us is so big relatively, but like I'm making a pretty good amount of money just purely off of like referrals and tags and stuff on Instagram. Because, like, you know, if I work with somebody that's, like, a coach or something and they tag me, one of their followers ends up following me and they're like, oh, I like how you, you train this guy. I'd be curious. We end up talking. They try it. And I have a really strong retention rate. Like, pretty much, people overwhelmingly don't leave my services. And so what ends up happening is I just get this gradually, uh, like, a uh, rising amount. But I'm also not super, super ambitious in terms of, like, how much money I make. And if people sometimes are weirded out when I say this, like, I would say I'm relatively close to like where I'm pretty comfortable with life. Like me and my girlfriend awesome. are talking about buying a house or buying, you know, a place soon and stuff like that. Like we're pretty good. And I like the amount that I work and I like the amount I can work out and like the free time that I have. So mm. I'm kind of to the point where an additional spend in, in time would not be worth it. So I'd have to start spending money and I'm not sure I want to start spending money yet. So I'm kind of just, you know, I'm like in that space where I'm like, ah, I'm pretty happy with things generally. I'm kind of thinking of how to scale right now and things like that. But even then, like, if I don't feel passionate about something, because again, I'm just a business of one. If I don't feel passionate about something, I kind of just stop pursuing it. And I kind of have that give because I'm not a super massive person. You know what I'm saying? So that's like a little bit of an opposite, uh, like, perspective from the. Right, I, full, I fully understand, brother. I mean, this is, yeah. uh, you've mentioned two things that don't add up. And that is, you're thinking about scaling, but you don't have the ambition to do it. And this is where you have uh, differentiate the two. When, when you're saying, hey, I'm fine, I have no ambition to, to 
even grow larger, I'm totally fine, which is which is cool. Don't don't misunderstand me, right? This is totally yeah, yeah. fine. But as soon as you change the thinking into, oh, maybe I want to scale, this is where things change. And this is what I had to learn too. Because I was building this business and I was like, how how did I even do this? I was building <laughs> my business for six and a half years or six years with referrals only. Yeah. And and yes, I did some uh, I did some out of door marketing. Right with billboards, and yes, they work too a little bit. It's just shotgun principle. Well, boom, let's see what sticks. Somebody sticks maybe and hangs in the web of the spider that you're creating, right? But as soon as you start thinking about scaling, this is what you need. You need to be able to predict, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The predictability. That's, that's you need predictability, and you only get predictability through advertisement because uh, referrals or uh, organic is not predictable. It's like okay. Uh, maybe I get somebody, then I get two. And I love how, how this guy says it in the marketing. He says, you either have feast or famine. One month, it's going through the roof. And the next month, you're like, oh my God, these taxes are going to eat me up. Right? <laughs> and that's where ads come in. Ads give you a little bit more predictability. And I mean, we've gathered in the last, last six weeks, we've gathered 2,500 leads. This is, this is like, oh my God, level of, 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 yeah, of stuff that came in. I, I'll never be able to call these guys up alone. That's why I, Angie has to do that stuff. That's why I have somebody in the States where I, I, I'm talking to him to, to employ him, to work for us. Because it's like, uh, oh my God, 2,000 people. You got to call them all up and ask, hey, hey, you, you downloaded that ebook. Do you need any help? What's up? And well, then- Can I ask Eric something? Yeah. I'm sorry to gender Garrett. So Keep Eric, on. you said that you use the Discord, right? Yeah. So that's like you own the Discord, right? Yeah, do you find a strong conversion through there? Like, do you oh, that's find a good question. That, that doesn't count? That doesn't cost you any. Well, you know, unless you pay for like the boost or whatever. But like, do you find a strong turnover from that or a strong retention? I guess. So yeah, the retention, the people who participate in the Discord, they're either members already or they're they're not, and they're just like interested about like joining. Um, I would say the ratio is like ninety percent of the Discord members already are like in my program the 10% unfortunately there's no i mean if i wanted to do like data analysis on it i would have to export everyone's like emails yeah. and usernames which don't necessarily match up to a spreadsheet and then calculate it manually um yeah. so even though i have their emails that doesn't necessarily line up with their usernames mm. on discord so i, I don't i don't have that data but mm. i can give you like a rough estimate that um, the people who participate in Discord are the ones who are willing to join or stay. Um, yeah, because that's like an extra lift, right? Like if you join the Discord, it's like clearly they 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 fuck with right. you. Right, like, like they have you know they I'm care saying? enough to do that, and like to put like to especially if they don't have Discord already downloaded on the phones. The fact that they're willing to participate, yeah. like time skin in the game, like yeah, they're willing to like, I put in the work essentially. I think about that because I mean you don't post on the Reddit as much as you used to, but I like I pretty much live on the kettlebell Reddit. And yeah. like, I, it's, it's so interesting because it's such like a particular like part of like the internet and like lifting culture and like even Reddit culture, because it feels like it's from 2005 in some ways and from like 2026 in some ways, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And it's, it's very fascinating because Reddit is like such a big lift to get on. Like not only do you need to sign up and like use your email and create a, a username, it's also kind of weird and obtuse to use, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so yeah, you Discord get like, such is a... like even more so it's just like not intuitive yeah, at all. Exactly. And so it's interesting, like if you funnel it down, right? Like I feel like it goes like Reddit and then it's like Discord. And you can actually see that because Mark Wildman, even though it's not his official Reddit, I mean sorry, his official Discord, he has that too. 
But interestingly enough, I think because of the type of, of fan that Mark Wildman has, his Discord is fucking massive. He has like 100,000. Well, I don't know. It's like 10,000. Let me not say. Oh, really? He has nice. like 10,000 people on the Discord. It's massive. It's he, an he doesn't one. even like promote that stuff. I, at least that no. I've seen. I like figured so, it out through the back rooms. Like somebody mentioned it to me and I was like, what? Mark Wildman has a Discord? Yeah. So this is like similar to your um, business model, I guess. Kind of opposite of Gregory's. We're like, Gre Gregory, you're pushing stuff out to people who are cold. Whereas Emilio, you are letting them come to you and then like their retention might be a little bit stronger and maybe that's what Mark Wilder And does. you can both. I mean, you can both. Yeah, you can do you both. Can do yeah, both yeah. Most right, heavenly. Right, right. And I see that the warmth from the audience, like I'm saying, 50%, not, it's actually 58. 58% conversion rate is from the warm audience. And funny thing is I was able to compare it with a free workout, kind of like what you did, uh, Pat, just one mm -hmm. workout. I was able to compare it. The warm audience was converting, that already knew me, was converting on the workout 15%. 15? Oh, wow. 15. So you know what that told me? That was like, okay, something's completely off. Because now with the 58, now what am I doing? We were joking about it, right? And, and that's what you're saying, Emilio. It's like, hey, and I get these comments all the time like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm 30 years old. Can I do these exercises? Of course, man. I'm a, yeah, I'm yeah, a woman. Yeah. I'm a woman. Can I do the man of Of course. But yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? I've learned this from yeah, a marketer. Yeah, 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 he yeah. calls it dog whistle copy. It's you are calling out folks who are interested to raise their hand. And these are the ones that you want. That's why I'm saying 10 minutes for men over 40. And because I do this in the ebook, the ebook, the title, I've worked on the title for so long. It's like how 6.5 million over 40s get in shape using this new kettlebell code. In 30 minutes or less, or in yeah, 30 yeah. minutes per week, like I, I, it sounds like this. I've worked on that title so much, and here's what the marketers say. You spend 50% or even more, you spend 50% of your marketing dollar on the title. Yeah. If your yeah. title's bad, you lost. <laughs> and, you and, the re and so I'm, I'm seeing that this thing is converting like crazy. And if you, uh, when you talk about Discord or Reddit, how I would see it from that perspective, that's Mifu, middle of the funnel. But top of the funnel, yes, you have to give me your email, your number, and your name. So that's already a, a couple of hoops that people have to jump through. But make it in that regard as easy as possible. And then once they move further down the funnel, then it's Mifu, and then it's the bottom, like where people actually convert into paying clients. And I now have the system and the data that I can say for the money that I spent on Facebook, for the one marketing dollar that I spent, I was able to make three back. Yeah. Right? Isn't it interesting as you scale, you start to see consistencies in human psychology? And I think that's. <laughs> oh that my God. You're opening up Pandora's box again, brother. Yeah, well, yes. that's one thing that you don't see when you're just working with people in the real world because everyone mm -hmm. individually is different. But on, an, on, on like a larger scale, Oh my people yeah. act in patterns and it's like yeah. you know that if you push out an ad and with this much money oh my. your return will be x you know it's hey, it's, I, it's something that it's i didn't fighting, know it's fighting almost and i don't want to I, I, I don't want to talk throughout this whole podcast all the time but anybody of you have you seen the interview from from uh shannon Bri shannon briggs i think is his name with cat williams the comedian? Oh, the one that like went viral a couple weeks ago? 50 million. talking smack about Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, 50 yeah, million yeah. views, 50 million. Hey, and I was actually, on a side note, I was calculating how much money Shannon made. Oh, we make so four bucks 
for 1,000 views. So we have 800,000 views that equals to about 2,000 Swiss francs or maybe $2,500 this month. I'm assuming that Shannon made $145,000 off of this one video alone. And, and, and about they and, probably have a more favorable return. Like a lot of like the bigger creators have a better return like per view than like- Oh, it, it depends. Ones. No, it depends. Uh, so mo most of the time- YouTube does it? Oh, okay. Yeah, most of the time oh. it depends on the niche. If you're in the oh. finance niche, you have three times the amount that I have. Oh, I have okay. four bucks for a thousand and finance is like 16. And, and Shannon, I don't know where he is, but just to reiterate that point that uh, Eric was saying, I love what Kat was saying. And yes, I, I can confirm when you work with more people and reach more people, I love what Kat said. He, 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 it's in one statement. He says, everybody thinks that they live on this little island where it's me only, where I'm individual, but there's seven types of people that you will encounter throughout most of your life that act in unison almost all the same so it's seven characters or at least i think that's where you what you're alluding to uh eric you have people act and you said it's frightening emilio exactly yeah. people act like robots if you know how to trigger psychology you are that's why they say that at least in switzerland they say when you've mastered uh, psychology you master the art of the arts or something like this I like I almost try to avoid that stuff though like if I start noticing like I, I don't know that stuff like that messes with me like I, I don't know if I play too many like video games or something like that like when I start noticing like major patterns in human behavior I'm like I, I can't delve further into this topic like I can't do it I think, I well, getting, I think like, something I noticed that I haven't exploited yet necessarily and yeah, Gary, yeah I, you've, <laughs> I, Gary, you've exploited it I think I you have exploited it without realizing it because I was just thinking the whole time we we're having that conversation this is exactly what I do with my content with oh like the types of content yeah. that you post yeah yeah like I'm I'm sure I'm sure Eric you've po you've gone to post something you're like I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a good one and because you've done something like that in the past and it tends to do well and then you've done something where like this might not be the best but I think it's a good value add so I'm just gonna put it out there for like the people who want to take it home but yeah. I mean I I do it with my content I'm, there are times where I'm like yeah this one's gonna hit and it does and there are times where it doesn't because that's algorithm and stuff like that but. We we definitely take part in that more than we probably think we would. Are those Maybe not necessarily on such a mass scale of advertisements. Bro? What'd you say? Are those videos that you're thinking about that do really well for you? Are those where you pretend to be the gym bro? Where you <laughs> no, like actually, the <laughs> I love yeah. these videos. Yeah, with the glasses that are upside yeah, down. I love them. Tom Poolery. Awesome. Um, ironically enough, no, because I know already that those videos don't do as well. But those are good oh. value adds for the people that already follow me. So like so those what don't do well get for you. Just kettlebell complexes and yeah like me. right i've noticed that so i've noticed kettlebell that complexes and what i've noticed too actually does really well is when i have video of me teaching a class i yeah, think there's a few sense. different things that go into it um you know i think it's like oh he's not just some shirtless dude doing this in his garage by himself yeah. he's actually telling other people to do it he's actually teaching and it's something i can then take home with me and so can i ask you something as a coach this is like yeah. Gurga, this is like unrelated from being a business so like this has nothing to do with making more money or less money as a result of it but do you when you record your classes do you feel like you can provide the same product to the people there because i was recording my I, I i run and lead i'm the head strength coach for another gym mm -hmm. and like every like a lot of people do my programming a lot of people run it i teach the main class if you want to work out and do it with me and stuff like that and i've noticed when i was recording it for some reason i just wasn't able to deliver the class as well 
Do you mean like recording about the people doing the class or like? Yeah, there was just something about it. It like killed the intensity. Like we almost liked so, the grit of it, you know? So if if somebody's, there's two things that'll happen. One, like if I'm just describing something quickly, like, hey, this is our kettlebell complex today. Like I'll just have my wife film that on my, her, my phone and she'll just record that like one minute and then it's gone. I'm not gone, but like then I'll just chop it up. Yeah. Or I have people come in and video the whole class and then they like a videographer and then they'll give me a bunch of stuff. So you get but somebody you, to do it. Like if it looks nice and it got somebody to do it, but in terms of just like, you know, recording somebody for like seven seconds, doing some swings, like, yeah, that doesn't take away from it. But I would never just like walk around with my phone for the like 20 minutes and record the class. That would definitely take away from it. Yeah. Cause I like, I would set up like a tripod and like try to get different good angles. And I just yeah, noticed, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's like me, it kills my vibe. No, that'll, like, take too, like, oh. that'll take too much. You'll be thinking about it the whole time. It's a lot easier to just pay somebody to come yeah. do it for you and i also work with a good amount of populations that are like a little bit not super like not the most secure like they're getting into lifting in many cases yeah. and stuff like that and that can sometimes kill their intensity and i feel like people mm -hmm. like it they're like coming in they're like i'm gonna hit it like we're not gonna get recorded like we're just gonna hit it hard um mm -hmm. and i don't know i just noticed that I, I eric i don't know if you do like group classes or anything like that but i don't know how you i just it. work with individuals one-on-one -on -one. a lot of it is beginners and i'm teaching them form that's like the main thing for like for in person um, but one thing that I did want to, uh, comment on Pat is that I commend you for putting out your personality out there. Yeah. You're really good at that. All, all three of you guys are, and that's something that I have, uh, have learned from you all and I have to get better on. So thanks for so that's, uh, it's like I was saying, ironically enough, like those videos where I'm like talking to the fake gym bro, like I don't put those videos out there in an attempt to go like viral for lack of a better yeah. term, like but those videos and then it adds my personality and like, I never want to just be like the guy on the screen who was like uh, completely unrelatable. Like I, I put those videos out there. Like I look at content in different like facets, Gregory, I think we talked about this last time, but it's like, mm. you know, there's going to be like a value add, like something that people can take home. There's going to be posts yeah. that like, I want to kind of hit a little bit. And the goal is like get followers in, but then there's also like, at least the way I look at it, there is like a personality post that, gives people an opportunity to understand like he's a normal dude like he's got yeah. this random setup there's shit on his wall like it's not like this cookie cutter thing like it's way yeah. more uh entertaining or just just different it just gives a different yeah. side that i think other people tend to lose when they're producing content that i don't ever want to lose and the i think personality I post, you oh, there yeah. you go you're gregory you're yeah. gonna say yeah. something gregory yeah i i think it is it is important to make sure that up other people see that you actually are a person to who works with other people because i i see this you you've you've encountered this too right you have this uh guy or gal on instagram uh, number one online coach in the world and the only thing i see <laughs> is you right the only thing yeah. i see is you you and while i understand because of privacy reasons you don't want to right okay i get it but you can make it a, you see it, it's a difference right oh this this guy got his old gym okay oh this guy got his own kettlebells oh this guy got his own room oh this guy that's why i told you the last time emilio getting your yeah, own yeah. gym because it adds credibility mm. and, By the way, I'm and in the talks i just wanted to let you know i love it love it love it and 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 the way you you uh uh you guys are talking about content it's the same thing with psychology again and that's what I've learned being on YouTube for so long. You have hub, hero, and help content. Yep. And this is how I divide everything. So hub is where I'm saying uh, 10 kettlebell swing mistakes. And this is where you're probably uh, alluding to a little bit, Pat, where it's like, this is a lot of value. Where people, especially the ones who are focused on kettlebells, be like, oh, mistakes that I'm doing, let's check this out. 
Okay. Then I have the 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 help con. Oh no, help is the ten mistakes. The hub content is the one that I'm most known for to a certain extent to the larger audience. And no, it's not the Pablo videos. It's the workouts, right? It's where I explain a workout and here you go and there you go, boom, boom. Maybe it's follow along, maybe it's explained, right? Great. And then you have hero. This is where you drop some pipe bombs where it's like, this wrong first, that sucks. And it gets everybody riled up. <laughs> what a good video. I love that video. <laughs> <laughs> right and this is how you can how i now started differentiating the content and where i have a straight list where i'm like okay hub is what i usually do help is i want to get a little bit more value and be a little bit more specific pertaining to the tool that i'm teaching and hero is the pipe bomb i like how um intentional you are about the type of content that you put out there too like yeah it's, have... it's a growth strategy actually yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, and you know, this is what, what I've learned too. Somebody once uh, asked me the question was like, Gregory, uh, what is your goal? And then you're like, okay, maybe, uh, let's maybe a monetary goal. I want to make a hundred, uh, half a million on one, $1 million a year. And then there's this one follow-up question. Okay. How do you get there? How do you get there? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm trying to put out some con. No, 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 no. What is the strategy, bro? Yeah. Same with reaching 100 K subscribers. I love what you said, Emilio, right? Well, you know, Hey, this, this is, this is going to fly. If I post this, this is going to boom. I know it. I know it because you know your core audience, you know your type of content and you know what they love, but you don't want to always just give them what they love. Sometimes it's like something smaller. And even I know if you guys are familiar with uh, Neil Patel, uh, Neil Patel is kind of like the search engine uh, optimization king. Mm. And he said the videos where he's very specific on a given topic, say like search engine optimization for restaurants or something like this, right? where he's very niche specific, he says, they don't get a lot of views, but they get a lot of leads. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes perfect where, sense. Right, where if he makes it in a broader sense, like search engine optimization, if you wanna rank top five in the next five months or whatever, something like this, more views, but less leads. Yeah. Right? And you, can't, you, had, you just choose where you wanna specialize, or you do both, like you were just saying. You do both, exactly. Like, because one of those would be a hub versus the other one would be Exactly, a, exactly. Hey, 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 I'm pretty smart, okay? <laughs> well, you got it, kind of, you're yeah. educated, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my exactly. business coach basically was saying that, it's like with some sort of intention, it's like in a very, very simplistic way, post a bunch of content to get more followers, then give those followers more value. Post a bunch of content to get more followers, then give those followers a ton of value. Because if it's just a bunch of fla uh, flash, then eventually they'll lose their interest, but yes, you have to yes. give them. So Gregory, yes. what stage are you in right now? Because you've posted a, a few pipe bombs, right? You've posted the strong first snatch sucks, the lion snatch. You've posted- but The lion uh, snatch, that great, that great Pavel Marcek. Yeah, yeah, no, somebody commented this. Lions war, hashtag warrior, your mama yeah, snatch, whatever, scary. something like this. And then, so yeah. you have that, and then you have <laughs> acts. Like, what, what are you in yeah. right now? Because you're definitely in like a shit talking stage, kind of. Not in a bad way. I love yeah. it, right? I love it. <laughs> But I love. Right? I love how. I love. I think maybe that's a, that's an American thing. I don't get it because it's like, hey, I'm just giving. I'm just giving you a feedback to something, and then people are always like a little bit riled up. But I get it. It's a tribal oh, world that we live in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get it. Some some love it, others hate it. But I don't care at all. The idea is my main, and that's the funny thing. When I look at my YouTube channel, and this is the beauty of beauty of it, where people are 
hating me. Oh, and I wanted to, I forgot it. I wanted to introduce the, the Kettle Knights podcast channel being a part of Leberstock, which is the TMZ of kettlebells, ladies and gentlemen. That's oh, what yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Because I've recently heard this. So, right? You, you've, you, you've showed me this, Emilio. Yeah, that yeah your Leberstock, that Leberstock guy, he's the TMZ of kettlebells. You're, well, that's awesome. Let's get some, yeah, build a platform. said it on Strong, on Strong First. I think yeah, Strong First guy said it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, here's the thing. The kettlebell space, or I, have, I even have to go a little bit more into the niche. The kettlebell heart style sports space, which is even smaller, right? Most people just know it. Kettlebells are out there. It's like a dumbbell, yeah, right? But yes, you put our niche, which is very small. They think you are gaining followers because of Pavel, because you are piggybacking off of this guy. When matter of fact, one of my strongest performing videos now are five exercises for men over 40, 10 minute workout for men over 40, how to get started with kettlebells in 2024. Yeah, but people never remember the like nice content, right? Like yeah, yeah, but, everybody's gonna be like, oh yeah, when Gregory put out this. Exactly, you know, but, here's, but here's the thing. The people that I reach with this type of content, these are my potential customers and my mm -hmm. potential clients. Okay. Not the ones who make a huge, who start crying when I say, hey, you know, with Pavel X, the science is a little bit murky. These will never be my clients, never. And I don't want to offend nobody, but hey, I'm giving, I'm just giving feedback. Just like when somebody, uh, I, I think somebody recently did this. A, 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 she's a YouTuber, she has like 40,000 subscribers and she did a labor stock workout. And then she gave her opinion and she was very oh. solid. Yeah, she was very solid. She said, okay, this is Gregory's workout. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a pull. I'm looking for a rotation. I'm looking for a press. And I was like, ooh, this gal knows her stuff. So she did Who the workout. It? Uh, I, I don't know. I just found it somewhere on YouTube. I forgot her name, unfortunately. But I saw it. And then at the end, she gave a valid trick. She was like, I really loved it. I mean, kettlebells. You know what kettlebells do, right? If you engage with them like this, it's like, ooh, endorphins. She's like, I enjoyed it. And then I sent her a comment. I was like, hey, awesome. And even if she would have said, this was missing, this was missing, and I hated it, I still would have said, hey, you know what? Hey, thanks, man. Uh, thanks, Gail. Awesome. I don't care, right? If, and, and here's the thing. We all know, with every one of you that I've had on the podcast, we've all, we, we all talked about Pavel, right? Yeah, it's impossible. So, so 20 years down the line, if some of us takes the throne of, in kettlebells, and I'm talking about the new generation, not talking about the old guys who are mad, if you call, if you call it an EMOM workout, come on, man. EMOM, call it OTM. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, they don't like that, yeah. In the book. They don't like it if you call <laughs> you it. read the book. <laughs> read really the book. Should. Read the book. It's like, it's for God's sakes, don't call it every minute. Come on, guys. Come on. We have to give credit to the CrossFit guys. Yeah, but it was invented earlier. Okay, but let me give you a caveat. Kettlebells were way before Pavel, but we give this guy credit, right? It should be the same with CrossFit with everybody. But here's what I'm saying. If 20 years down the line, one of us takes the throne, right? Then one of us or maybe some of us will always seep into the conversation if a couple of dudes or gals have a conversation about kettlebells. And that's what Pavel did. And what I, what I really find sad about Pavel is he stopped going on podcasts. He doesn't talk to anybody unless it's, he preaches to the choir, but not to other folks. And what are you supposed to, at least from my perspective, what are you supposed to do when you reach legend status? You're supposed to teach everybody, reach out. Go, go, go and talk to everybody, right? T talk to everybody. Talk to the world about your product. Don't just talk to your own clients or your own, own choir. At least that's my perspective.
I, yeah, I think once you get big enough, you, you're going to get backlash no matter what. And yeah, I, I exactly. think that because he kind of got big before the internet, now in the past like few years post COVID, I think the dynamics changed between him and the public. I, I never really consumed any of his stuff except for like when he was on podcasts. You neither. No, okay. So none of us are all. I guess, You've never like, no no no. You've never read his books or anything. I I have scanned one of them when I saw it at a friend's house, <laughs> but I've never actually. So this is the opposite. Saw, and I, I probably should, wow. to be honest. Like, it's not bad to get as much information as possible and just sit through. You know. Agree. Yeah. Agree. No, like it's I've good. read all of his books. Okay. Yeah. No, so, I I I'm I'm faulting my. I should have, and I probably still should read, yeah, like at the content that he has out there. I mean, it's big for a reason, you know, and, and it also influences how, you know, other kettlebell coaches or practitioners think about the tool. So, so uh, I would say part of the reason why he's so popular is because he has really specifically targeted a niche and has like locked that niche down really, really marketing, well. marketing, yes, there you like go, super good you. like yeah, part of the circle. reason, yeah. and this is part of the reason why people exactly. become so intense about his stuff is 100%. because the type of demographic that he has targeted 100%. also gets riled up really, really hard when you come after the guru. 100%. It's like the same thing. And I don't know how you guys feel about um, what's that guy's name, Jocko, or, or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, Jocko. Like, yeah, like let's say you come after Jocko. I don't know anything Ooh. about him, but people don't will get mad at you. Jocko. Yeah, don't you come, come okay, Jocko. sure, you like him. Okay, I don't know anything about him. You come after Goggins, people will get mad, right? It's just like yeah. that demographic, that like 35 to like 50 plus demographic, they find their like fitness person and they fucking love that person, right? Um, and I think that Pavel just has that. And he didn't originally, I don't think, but as a result of like Strong First being like pretty decently old at this point in RKC as well, not in terms of kettlebell training, but just relatively in terms of the internet and stuff, mm -hmm. that demographic has aged up with hard style as like a training philosophy. And so people like really write, right? Like if you go to the Strong First forums, which already is obviously going to be a very niche and targeted like group of people because you're on the Strong First forums, like people get will get very riled up um and even for the for a while on the reddit like if you said like i think a get up is stupid which by the way since you guys know me you know i say that all the fucking time because i think it's stupid um or like simple and sinister is like not a great program or whatever like you will get called and i have been called a cavalcade of names just because you don't like pavel's content or you don't like pavel's thing or even worse if you come with some legitimate critiques people will say that you're just trying to like demean him yes but it's like i, I don't get care this about all the Bob. time he doesn't I care get about this. me he doesn't yeah. pay my bills you yeah, know what I i'm saying this. oh i get this so, all the time with the review of x yeah one, yeah. Of, one of the comments was like it seems you want to trash the guy <laughs> the hey how how bro 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 listen how am i trashing pavel's science by inviting an actual scientist with 30, 40 years of experience in the field has done 130 research papers and i asked the guy hey does anti-glycolytic exist in your mind he says no in the second contraction you are in glycolysis okay great then uh i read him a part of the book of of this one statement like where the one guy saying the high intensity zombies who walk around they're in and off in and out of the office of the doctor's office all the time they only awake when they train alluding to the crossfit folks i'm assuming yeah. and i read this to the gentleman i read this to dr uh, professor roberts and he was like oh nice writing but um uh, I, I don't see where <laughs> i can right he he, he completely he objected it he was like hey Evidence, research suggests, and, and and I love the fact that he brought up free radicals because in the book they're saying 
research is showing that free radicals are harmful. What does Professor Robert say? He says it in the podcast. He says, well, research from 30 years, 20 years ago, there was a big movement against free radicals. Now we have learned it's actually a pathway or a situation in the body that is necessary for stimulus and growth and health. Wait, wow. Greg, I'm sorry, so I'm sorry to stop you real quick. Uh, Pat and, and Eric, are you, you so you guys haven't read the book. So are we just oh, like, yeah, talking oh, past yeah. you? Oh, Do you not know what we're talking about right no, now? I, I'm sorry. No, I, I know you're talking about it. It's been brought up outside of the book before. I know he brought it like up. Like the anti-glycolytic training. Okay, just because it's like a very odd world. Like if you haven't like consumed And it, that, this is right. like getting into the weeds where can, like casual uh, viewers will be like, what do they talk <laughs> Oh, you're right. No, you're right. We're going too hard on this. That's true. I, no, I feel like kettlebell people uh, are like into this shit. They know, but maybe yeah, I'm kettlebell. Wrong. Okay. Yeah. No, keep going though. Keep going. I want to. All right. So just, just to finish <laughs> this, this train of thought, and, and that can be a regular application for everything pertaining fitness. Free radicals 20 years ago was like, hey, this is a bad thing. Now research or evidence caught up and was like, hey, it's actually a good thing. And uh, are you guys familiar with Dr. Lane Norton? Bio lane. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I love, I, I love what he recently, and even put this up in the review critique, uh, in, in the review of Pavel's acts, because I love how he, des he describes it. He says, sometimes people demonize a mechanism and they completely disregard the outcome. And then he follows up with saying, this is so brilliant. Then he says, for example, um, when it comes to carbs, right? Carbs inhibit lipolysis, right? They inhibit breaking down of fats. Okay, so if I'll eat a lot, this is a mechanism that happens if you eat a lot of carbs. Okay, so therefore, the logic would be, if I eat too much carb and I disregard the calories, I don't care, I get fat. And he says, that is a pathway or a mechanism. The outcome is, who cares about carbs? If you keep calories low, you will burn fat and lose weight. This is the outcome. And then he uh, compares it with stocks. He says, imagine you have a mutual fund, right? You invest in that mutual fund. And then your brother comes up to you and says, bro, did you see that one stock in the mutual fund? It went down 40%. And you're like, oh my God. And then that next guy comes up and says, who cares? The mutual fund went up 50%. So who yeah. cares about that single one stock that went down 40%? And this is how we really brilliantly explains when people get hung up on an individual pathway in the body that happens, for example, glycolysis makes you feel nauseated, right? You guys know this when you train intensively. And recently my heart rate up, went up to 180. I kept it there for six minutes straight. Boom, 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 boom. And, and funny thing, just on a side note, Pablo says you're supposed to do the talk test, right? Yeah. Hey, my heart's beating 180 and I can still talk. I feel that I'm pumped and my heart is like, and I can still talk. Oh, you're different so, than me. <laughs> you're definitely different than I am, brother. Yeah, but maybe that's my, that's my endurance levels, right? 180, <laughs> my heart is... And I can still yeah. talk, right? And then it takes me about three and a half to four minutes. I've, I've measured it. Then it goes back down to 120, right? And when you look at the interval method, how the original interval method was conceived, it was like, okay, bring your athletes up for 100 meter dash or 200 meter dash, bring it up to RPE, RPE of about eight to nine. So that's like, yeah, I'm almost dying. And then you have them up to 180. So the heart is like racing. Then you finish them the 100 meter dash. Then you stop and wait until the, the heart rate comes back down to 120. That's about th three to four minutes if you're very active or very uh, 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 athletic. And then you have them do it again. This is the power of interval training 
which can be a very beautiful added method to improve your endurance. And Pavel's yeah. completely against it and says, no, 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 no. We don't do this glycolysis stuff because glycolysis does dirty deeds. That's quotes from the book. It does dirty deeds in your body. While at the same time, Professor Robert says, if it wasn't for glycolysis, we wouldn't even be able to do a second contraction. Yeah, so, it's already going. So you have one part of evidence, Pavel, which is not a biochemist, going against a professor who studied that stuff for 40 years and says, that doesn't make sense to me. If these two worlds collide, I'm confused. I don't see the logic. And then I'm like, okay, I take this stuff that Pavel says with a huge bowl of salt. But here's, here's the thing even beyond that, and I don't know, Pat and Eric, how you guys feel about it. Like, I, I think I'm black-pilled on, like, kettlebells for endurance anyway. Like, I don't even know, like, if kettlebells are really, like, a cardio... I guess, like, if you think about conditioning as, like, a general idea or, like, strength endurance. But, like, I don't think that you're going to significantly improve your, like, 1,000-meter row training with primarily kettlebells for a block. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. the way that you actually improve your, like, endurance metrics is by, like getting your nose to the fucking grindstone and going for a run. Like, yeah, you see like, that with, like, the best kettlebell sport athletes. Like, they all run, like, half marathons for training and marathons for training. Sorry, what were you going to yeah. say, Eric? That, like, in general, like, as a general life philosophy, if you want to get better at a thing, just do that thing more. Do that. And, like, you yeah. could do other – you could train other modalities to maybe help – like, if you want to get really good at basketball, like, play basketball. Play you basketball. Know? And then, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like – but, yeah, if you want to increase your sprinting or your, like, long-distance running, like, do those things, too. And I but think kettlebells with like general health. Um, and they're also very good at getting you stronger with kettlebells. Um, but yeah, yeah if, you're trying to, if you're trying to get better at a very specific modality, like do that thing more and then use kettlebells up on the side to like, I look at kettlebells as a very general tool, which mm -hmm. um, is not everyone's with, with kettlebells. Like, Agree. I think yeah. like a lot of the sport people might, I don't know, disagree in terms of the endurance aspects. Um, no, I yeah. think a lot of the sport people would actually agree with you. Like, I think a lot of sport people see the kettlebell as their their sport. But then you'll look at, like, how sport athletes train. Like, do you know who Denis Vasilev is? Yeah, yeah, I know that. He just posted a video of him for his general preparation work, like, doing, like, a 305-pound, like, a 140-kilo-pound squat for three. And, like, doing, like, rope climbs and American swings and running and stuff. So... I think they're yeah. actually very open-minded. But you know, with Dennis, sometimes, but, some, but sometimes, brother, if I may interject, I yeah, think yeah. I'm just, I, I'm not sure. I think Dennis also does stuff for for the gram, because oh, and, and not. Hey, 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 um, please, guys, don't don't attack me for this. So why am I saying <laughs> this? Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? I'm having, <laughs> I've just had the guys that I had on the podcast, right? When they share their stuff with me, it's like listen to Gregor Sobochan. Gregor Sobochan is probably a very great source for kettlebell sport guys because he trained under Valery Fedorenko, he trained under uh, Ivan Denisov, and Serg I think it was Sergei Rudnev. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. And he, had, and he said three different types of training. It was completely different with all three. But the one line that you can say, what, well, you all had to do is build up the volume. Yeah. Build up the volume, right, with, with the jerk or whatever have you. And he never mentioned he had to do heavy lifting or all the stuff that Dennis does. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure Dennis is maybe trying out some new things. I'm sure what he does helps. But I'm also thinking from a content strategy, maybe Dennis also thinks, hey, let's post something for the gram, right? Like, yeah. of course. Have you seen Alexander Khwastov's 55, 56 kg snatch? 56. Yes. 
56. The guy it touched <laughs> waits on the 48, on the golden one. And he was doing whoom, 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 whoom. And the guy's trying to, ask, tell, trying to tell me, well, when it comes to power production, it's all about strong force. How much power production do you think Alexander Khvostov has? The guy's my weight, or maybe a little bit heavier, since he's a little bit taller, I'm assuming. And I got, I, I, we wanted to have a podcast, and it didn't work out. But that's a side. No, I got to get him on. And if you do a 50, 60, 56 kg snatch, you have solid power production, most definitely. Right? Well, he's too efficient, so he's not producing any power, Gregory. Well, he's too efficient. He's, uh, he's being uh, sarcastic. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're too efficient, so no power. It's like Liu yes. Zhao Jun. You know when he snatches like 200? He's way too efficient. No strength. Yeah, there's... there's... <laughs> all cardio all he cardio he might not actually be trying though I, every time i watch him lift it's like it's it's it i looks, don't know man this like guy yeah, who are you talking about lifter, now? right are you this uh, guy uh, lu xiao jun you know him oh. I, I consider myself you've probably seen him he's a chinese guy he snatches like what did he snatch i think his world record is 177 yes how do you spell, how do you spell his name l-u-x-i-a-o-j-u-n yeah xiaoyan 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 you you probably yeah. recognize him because if it's yeah, it's hard to yeah. There you go. It's yeah, there you go. Awesome. Thanks, Emilio. He's the guy. He's the Chinese guy that squat jerks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Boom. Right, and then he goes down. Yeah. My God. Yeah. He's 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 that he's the guy other guy that's not Tian Tao. When you think of like uh, Chinese Olympic lifters, it's like those two I feel like um, are the most popular. But the 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 sort of con conceit is that they're both like some of the best in their weight class and at their sport, and they're they're highly efficient. This is a lot of what Gregory's been talking about in his content yeah. lately too, like. Mm -hmm. the, the the whole power production argument doesn't make a lot of sense because when you look at the best people at any sport they're all like the most efficient at it like you would almost like it would almost be like you know um you have to use like this technique to like shoot a three-pointer to like build true strength you know or to be like a better <laughs> basketball player yes like yes. you know what i'm saying it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. like you can shoot like this to be better at it and make more points but that's a very like and i'm, I'm honestly the yeah. no, no, you go what are you gonna yeah. say and have you seen just uh adding to that weightlifting discussion Klokov's hang snatch? Oh my god. That's Which one? I mean, I think it was a 200 kg. I don't know what yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, the pause. So, you talk about the pause hang snatch. And the guy, and the first, yeah, the first comment, I, I, everybody liked that comment. It was like, this is not a pause snatch. This is a, how did he put it? This is a, put it down, wait for next year, see you in two <laughs> weeks, rest, pause, snatch, right? The guy was... Yeah, he paused back. for he paused for a really long. I actually ironically watched that video recently. He picks it up from the ground, brings it back below his knee at least three to four full seconds, and then hits it. Yeah, it's like two hundred charging up. And and the body, yeah, I love. Really <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're choking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like charging. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like ready to go. Yes. <laughs> Bam! Here he goes. It's and amazing. I, I love that when you see this is what. And, this is what I'm understanding most definitely. That the, the amount of tension that this guy is producing, the body's not moving mm -hmm. an inch. It stays like frozen. You could probably take it as a still, right? This is yeah, how he stays down there. And then, boom, right? He goes up. And what does Klokov has to do? Of course, it's maximum crazy power production, but he has to follow the most efficient bar path possible. And this is the only thing that I'm getting to. And every time we have this discussion about when I talk about, you know, when we get a little, little bit torn to the niche of the snatch, just recently somebody said it again. They always say this. It's like, yeah, but sport is more endurance and hard style is more strength. I'm saying, okay, let's measure it. My bet would be it would probably be similar outcomes. So if we have similar outcomes at the end, 
of his of two guys snatching one sport one strength uh, one hard style high tension and high volume and we have similar outcomes why bother with different techniques then this is my but only point that i want to get at interestingly gregory neither pat nor eric i feel like particularly do either style like i feel like they just move yeah and, which and even is totally fine eric, i feel like, right, like yeah. eric just a like technical yeah lot, right yeah sorry which is Snatch. I said, I feel like you flow with it a lot. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just uh, uh, snatch, right? That's the yeah, exercise. Just, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we talked. Yeah. We talked about this on Do it. individual podcast with Gregory that I like. I started jug like was juggling, and then I think that informed my form nowadays. Um, like I have, I have like a more hybrid approach, and I think it helps that I didn't like go into one mm -hmm. one uh, circle versus the other. Um, but I did want to make a point about efficiency. I think that's why a lot of beginners after like two or three months of consistent training, they can move up in weight a lot because they get used to efficiency and how yes. their body moves. Dude, um, yes. But that doesn't just stop after like a year or two. Like the expert, like they're the experts among experts have even more understanding of their body and the equipment that they're using to be that much more efficient. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I don't even look at the circles anymore between hard or soft. Yep. Like I see it obviously on social media, but in terms of how I train, it's not, You're, not where I think we're also like in the start, I was saying this actually on a Reddit comment that I think we're like at the start of like a modern, like kettlebell Renaissance where like people don't give a fuck about any of the certs. I mean, there's like still some of the new kind of weird ones, like kettlebell coach university that like people are doing the like dead shit, like the dead snatch, the dead, split jerk and stuff like split that jerks that, and stuff yeah yeah all that stuff split yeah with like 24 kilos but don't get me yeah, started yeah. so like you'll see people i know yeah, I Pat, whatever you're thinking i feel the same exact thing yeah and, as uh, an olympic weightlifter don't get already me connected he wants more uh, views on the video start the drive I, I gregory knows it. i'll say it gregory you knows keep going keep going post the views that's what we do uh they're seeing like a modern renaissance. I think from like Eric, from Pat, from like Tom DeLuli, who I got the chance to work out with recently, rugged fitness lifestyle. Like these people that picked up the bells and sort of just like didn't fuck with any of the other like worlds and never really cared. And you're sort of seeing them get like really strong and really big with like mostly bells, sometimes sandbags added in as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I and think maces, that it's like, yeah. and maces. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's starting this like yeah. new like modern yeah. kettlebell renaissance yeah. where like people, like everybody's double snatching now like really heavy. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Like everybody's really yeah. into thrusters now. Yep. Like it's an interesting like new like world. It's just that like is super shut exciting. up and pick up the weight sort of thing. Just well, move it's, it's, it. Right. Oh, yeah. agree. And it's agree. it's I mean again I don't know the worlds that well right. So you have like competition where it's like here do eight thousand reps right. So you obviously can't you can't <laughs> yes, you can't do 8, that 000. with two you can't yeah. do that with like two forty eights. Right, it's just not really gonna happen. I'm sure there are yeah, people. Unless your name is Denny like, yeah. Yeah. Soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Like you're yeah. not doing that for ten minutes, but then you also have like the um, the what's it called. Then you have like kind of the strong first people. Where it's like, hey, with a seventy pound bell, you can create as much power as you want. It's like, mm, no, yeah, you can't. Over speeds, yeah. Right, it's like no, like there's a reason. Like what we were talking about, there's a reason Olympic weightlifters can box jump over my face. It's because right. they're snatching 150 kilos. It's not because they just like tried harder exactly. with a exactly. 90 kg. Exactly. Oh, you're bringing up such a valuable point, brother. So oh my, don't, I mean, the like, Pandora's box has been opened. Dude, I, so it's, it was, on, it was on my mind when we thought about it. So like, that is one of like, look, obviously we all love kettlebells and it's obviously they can create power and this and that, but like, 
when you get to the upper echelon, it's like it's not really gonna be the same, right? If no. you if you looked no. at everybody like a certain weight class down, because the big boys can't necessarily jump, but a certain weight class down, just to use Olympic weightlifting in the Olympics, all of those people in the Olympics can jump massively high. They don't really they do some jump training, but not at all. But it's because every day they're just <clears throat> with mm -hmm. hundred, two hundred mm -hmm. something kilos. And it's not because they're just like grabbing a 32 kilo bell and just being like, let me try harder today. It, it, it's just like, doesn't. And you, and you know, when like you that. see it, Pat, like Eric said, just, I love, just lift the weight. <laughs> oh, Pat, you're so, you're so, I'm sorry for, for jumping in, man. You're no, no, so no, no, right. No. Because we, you see it when the weightlifters crack a record or the beat a record. And then the, the bar drops and they're like, wow. Bro, where are you at? Flips after. Yep. Yeah, like they, they, they take off like rockets. And then the first comment, it's always like, that's why I love YouTube. And by the way, that's why I think it's so stupid that Strong first turns off comments. Why are you doing oh, this? Do? Yeah, none, none of their videos. Why, why don't you? I love my community. I, even the trolls. It's awesome. And you get so much wisdom from, hey, close to 90,000 subscribers now. We get so much wisdom. Yeah, close to 100K. We get so much feedback from all around the world. Why should I turn this off? I'm learning so yeah. much from these guys. I have old school guys who say I've lifted bells for 20 years. This is what I learned. Blah, blah, blah. This is so good stuff. But with the weightlifting aspect, they jump like rockets. Great. Why? Because they, they move such crazy heavy weights with the amount of power where it's like, oh, where do they get, where do they get it from? And this is exactly my point. You want to build massive strength, massive power. Okay. Power, do some jumping exercises, right? Jump fast, up and down, with weights. And this is what you see in the textbooks of the Russians and probably all yeah. of the, the strength conditioning stuff well. It's the jumps with the kettlebells, with the, with the back squat, uh, with, the, with, the, with the barbell. Great. You want to get strong? Pick up the barbell. This is the best thing to get as strong as possible. But of course, the kettlebell, I love how you said it, um, uh, uh, Eric. I say the same. In the recent video, I said the kettlebell is not the best tool. But it is the best generalist tool. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, right? Oh, I yeah, have we... a video ready for that too. We're all we're all saying the same shit. <laughs> Eric, what yeah. were you gonna say? I feel like Eric, you you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, previously in the conversation we were talking about like how one modality may not may or may not transfer into helping you with another one. And ironically, you know, you're talking about jump height with weightlifting. They can jump a lot higher because of their skills. So that that is an example where it does transfer from one modality to another. But if they did the opposite, where they were training, where they were just training jumping, just because you get better at jumping doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get better at weightlifting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like yeah, like overlap type stuff. A shit ton of weight with a snatch just because you've been practicing jumping. So, so I, I think that comment, yeah. that comment that I made about like, oh, like you know, if you do a bunch of kettlebell swings, it's not going to necessarily make your like one k ski better. I actually think in terms of things like I train extremely interchangeably. Like every, pretty much every session I do in the gym looks a little differently. I pretty much only believe in like movement patterns. Like I was sandbag benching my like 250 pound sandbag the other day. And then I like bench press like 250 or whatever after. You know what I'm saying? Like I have yeah, a strong believer that like- motion. Exactly, a similar motion. Um, I think what, what I was saying was when it comes to like carryovers and stuff like that, that a lot of people are doing something. Like if your goal is to be better at like a half marathon, it could be the case that if you take somebody they never, ever have done any physical activity. You have them do acts or whatever, kettlebell training, mostly for like a year and a half or like a year. There's a good chance they would be able to run that marathon. Their ankles are going to be beat up. Their knees are going to be beat up, but they might be able to do it. I think what's starting to happen is 
people are sort of taking the kettlebell and and honestly we're talking shit about strong first i'll just keep it running like especially strong first <laughs> are trying to like take the kettlebell and they're trying to make it like this tool that you can do anything with so it's not the best general thing it's actually the best for everything does that make sense yeah, so it's my, like my alarm sorry, bells gonna... off every time i hear someone say like this thing is the solution for all things like it, it happened a lot with the carnivore diet um oh yeah I yeah yeah similar yeah, it's like oh, red flags, red flags. When when yeah. everybody when everybody and I I even said this in the review because in the review Pavel and I'm quoting he says X is flawless. The chosen programming doesn't uh, what was the chosen programming doesn't need anything to it. They are complete, right? And that's why I added Dr. Mike Israel in there from, from, from uh, Renaissance Periodization because he recently said in the video something and I was like, agree. And, and today a client asked me this. The client was like, hey, I mean, I love these sessions, blah, 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 blah. So he was training with Angie and Angie turned to me and was like, uh, babe, did we ever had somebody who didn't like kettlebells? I said, sure. I sure. Not that directly, but I said, yes, we had. It's a minority, but there are people who joined our prog program. We worked with them for a couple of weeks and I don't know what it was, right? It just didn't click or something was bad or the kettlebell was that she didn't trust me. Who cares? This is normal. When you put a product out there in the world, you will get negative feedback. Matter of fact, I was just, when I, when, when I was running the analytics of my, of Stripe, Stripe is a, 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 yeah, yeah. a gateway, uh, a credit card gateway. Yep. Right, so I was I had to do to run the run the analytics for my uh, for my accounting, and then I saw close to two thousand uh, transactions and nineteen refunds. Guess what? This happens. Thank God, because that's what we talked about in the beginning. I want to make sure I have a solid and decent product, so the refunds are not that high. Maybe in B shred it's different. I don't know, but this is what it is. You cannot walk around and say this is the best thing and what sometimes people are missing like in my case people be like okay gregory but listen a couple of videos ago you said something different and i'm like yes guess what i've learned something sometimes i'm completely changing my stance which some people don't like but hey i have to. it's just like science right you have yeah. to ad ad adapt your stance and sometimes i just change a little bit and one of the major things that I'm changing, which I'm going to use in all of my videos, I'm going to stop you using the name Turkish getup and I'm going to give it the name circus getup. <laughs> That's what it is. It's going to yeah. be the circus getup from now on. It, is it a cool exercise? Of course it is cool to move for a beginner. Never touched the kettlebell. It's like, Ooh, awesome. Wow. But doing this stuff where you have the, the sneaker balancing on your feet, come on, man. Did this, you don't have to do it. Just stand up, right? And use, a, use an efficient path. Use it with the kettlebell. Awesome. Are there better exercises? Of course. Carries. Like, I love what you said, Emilio. I think in patterns. I think in movement. Stop thinking in exercises. Stop thinking in hinge, squat, pull. pull. That's what I do as well. Anti-rotation carry. Just have that in your programming and you're solid, right? Here's uh, sort of my thing. And it's like, it's a developing philosophy. The more people I train, like my number one goal is to avoid underloading people. So like, if I need to give, if I'm giving somebody a movement that requires a slow progression like that, like a Turkish get up, start with the shoe, then you can use a 12. Then finally, after like four months, you can finally fucking use a 24 to do a lunge, which is essentially all the Turkish get up gives you, right? Is a little bit of core work in a lunge. Like 
why don't I just spend that time getting you up to like a, a, an 80 kilo barbell back squat? Like, I guarantee you that if I do that and I get your bench to 60 kilos, you can do a Turkish getup with a 24 kilo. So, like, there is some sort of strong carryover that goes on where, like, there's primary strength movements and then there's, like, tertiary or secondary strength movements. And, like, the Turkish getup I don't see as, like, a beneficial enough movement to start that light. Now, the opposite would be, like, a, 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 a barbell for this is for Pat, like a barbell clean and jerk. Like, usually you will start with the PVC pipe. I, I'm pretty good at them, too. Not as good as Pat, but I'm decent at them. You know, and then you like learn the regressions, you learn the clean, you learn, et cetera. And it takes a long time. You're not loading it super heavy for a while. But the stimulus that the clean and jerk gives you is so unique and so powerful that it's almost like, of course, you're going to take the time to learn it while Perfect. also doing your deadlifts, while also doing your dips and your push-ups and your running. You know what I'm saying? So you're developing other skills while you're working on the, on the barbell clean, as mm. opposed to like, if you read Simple and Sinister, Pavel actually, despite saying it's good for sports, like to add on to sports, yeah, it's actually in the strong first like lexicon or literature to like not do anything else until you get to time or timeless simple, like 32 kilograms swing 100 times Turkish get up 10 times. Like that's an actual thing. And it's like, that's so much wasted training time. You guys all work with beginners, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How I fucking mean, long would that take realistically? Yeah, forget it. It's just, it's just like you said, it's in effect. It. No, you could. I promise what? you, you could. I like what, what's the what's the get up? What is it? 10 on each arm? No, ten per or five per side. You can if always you can't rest. do it. I will send oh, you a hundred dollars on that. One side, one side always rest. I can probably uh, do it unbroken. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, my, my heaviest getup is a forty-four, and if I would do a little bit of strength training, engaging a couple of, let's say, like a couple of important aspects where I know where my weakness is, I could maybe hit, maybe hit a forty-eight. But the amount of time it takes to go there. I'm wasting time training my other body parts in a sense where I'm like, I love that. For example, what I do right now, I have fallen in love with that training so much is always um, Wednesday and Friday. I've stated this on the podcast right, and right. I still do it. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, two heavy bench presses. So that's one, boom, two, boom, with the barbell, racket, stand up, do burpees with pull-ups. Boom, 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 boom. I'm done. I rest. I have every minute on the minute going. On, on, uh, uh, that's on odd minutes. On even minutes, I go under the barbell, heavy squat, two, two squats, rest, pause, hold it, come back, do five burpees again, and I do this for 15 rounds. I absolutely love it. And afterwards, I pick up two heavy kettlebells, two 44s, then I do rows, um, again, mixed with burpees. Then I do heavy hang deadlifts. For me, it's pretty heavy with uh, 88 kg with, uh, 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 with, with burpees because here's what I think. I love how you said, I, I, I said this, I said, I'm repeating myself, thinking in movements. The way I think is I think in terms of being a hunter-gatherer. You have to run, you have to climb, you have to lift heavy, you have to go fast, you have to be quiet, you have to be noisy, you have to go left, you have to go right, you have to be this, you have to be that. So when people tell me, yeah, but when you build strength, right, and then you shouldn't tax your other system, the, the endurance system, so to speak, because that messes up with your strength, I don't care about that. I don't want to get the strongest. What I want is I want my nervous system to fry like, oh my God, that was heavy. And then boom, I'm, I'm smashing in some burpees. And my heart rate's like, and I enjoy it. I love it. My body, I love, I love the effects that it has on my body. I'm still getting, since I'm using a lot of kettlebells, I'm still getting some heavy work done, right? With the heavy bench and the heavy squat. And Emilio, 100%. If it is one thing that I've learned on the podcast from talking so many, to talking to so many folks, one of the best exercises to ever do with your clients is squats. 
it, it, the squat beats everything or it yep. beats mostly everything. I would say and second I, to the deadlifts probably. The push yeah, 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 yeah. So picking up stuff. How, how, you're right. How important is that? And, and coming back to what Pavel was, sent, was doing with, with Simple and Finister, what I am assuming is, again, he goes on a psychology route where he said, where he knows a lot of people need to be told what they have to do. And hey, I have these military guys right here, right? Military folks in my uh, uh, target audience. So, hey, I'm going to tell them what to do. But a little caveat, since I reached so many people, just a, I think he's an ex-SFG too, reached out to me, which I'm, I'm going to have him on a podcast too. He's a tw 15 or 20-year veteran. And he said, you know, Strong First, when I was in there back in the day, they was trying all the military stuff. And when I, when I came in, actually being from the military, it changed a little bit, right? Because he was like, you know, the way we do it back there is not how they do it here. And what I sometimes think is you can get lost into marketing where you're saying, okay, this is what the military guys do. This is what the Spetsnats do. But then you actually look what Spetsnats do. They probably do some running. They probably do some swimming. They probably do some, right, some pumping. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. All right? Maybe they do some conditioning, but... These guys have to be masters with, with right, with, with arms. I, I think that's that's a completely different ball, ball game. Of course, these guys are fit. I'm not saying that, but right, this is where I sometimes get hung up a little bit because I understand it's all about marketing. What we mentioned in the beginning. Yeah, I think most most clients, like most people, they want to look good and they want to feel good, and they probably only have like an hour in their days because they're not trained like their job isn't trained so they have a job they have families and being efficient with your time is extremely important and like you said like the basics are what you should focus on in that case and yeah i think that's why the turkish getup is maybe not popular in this crowd it's just not one of the most efficient movements that can achieve that outcome of looking good and feeling good even though it is it has its uses it's not, it's, it's like a nuanced movement that'll get you a very specific result, but it won't get you the most general for the most amount of people. Like the, the amount of people who are interested in the, the effects of what the getup can do for you. I don't know. It's not, it's not big enough. Here's like my perspective. Oh, no, you go, Pat. Never no, no, no. You, go you ahead. Sure. Go ahead. Cause I was, was going to say like slightly make a right turn. So go ahead. You know what? Fuck it. You just go. Cause I was going to say something. Important. <laughs> well, I was going to say just cause I know Greg, you have like a lot of coaches and like one of the reasons I don't use it is strictly logistics, right? Like I'm in a gym. Uh, there's space, a, there's space. A, like, yeah. like I'm a big on uh, logistics. It's actually part of why I like using kettlebells is like, I could take six of them, go in the corner with two clients and like, bang it out for an hour oh, yes. and like good point at least in the gym that i work at and like this is where instagram gets like so caught up and like logistics plays such a big role in like at least for what a lot of the other trainers do right where it's like there's i'm not saying this exercise is bad but it's just like you know i don't do it with this because it's all the way on the other side of the gym or it's in the closet and i don't feel like going to get it there's like there's so many other things that go into that go into exercise selection besides like hey is it a good exercise like there's so much more, at least the gym that I'm at, there's like six other trainers on the floor. There's a class going on in another room and there's a class going on or a CrossFit class going on. It's big enough and like nothing's like crowded, but it's like at certain times I can't have two people laying down on the floor with like a yeah. 10 foot radius doing a Turkish getup. I just can't <laughs> because there's just, the space just isn't radius. there. Well, that's yeah. what you, I mean, two people, it's like basically what you need. Yeah. So just yeah. like, it's agree, a, agree, agree. It's also um, it's just super like a... complex, like having to interrupt every step. Oh, is yeah. my elbow in the right place? 
oh, is mm -hmm. my should I pack my lat here? Should it be here? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like it takes so mm -hmm. long, and there's so many things that can go wrong. Like mm -hmm. I'm not saying that if somebody's not good at it, to not do it. I mean, I I never program them really, but like if you have access to it, you can, and you can do it in a session. It's just generally for taking a beginner, like there's, I just don't see a large reason for it. And I've always been confused by, and I came from the CrossFit world. So like, to me, I'd be like, oh, like, you know, I do, I would do, I did a Turkish get up my first time with like 32 kilos ever trying it. And I like almost killed myself. I like did like a standing, like <laughs> I like had my feet under me and like did a squat with like a windmill. And I was like, oh, hey, I did it. You know what I'm saying? It's that type of thing where if you have enough requisite strength, you could just get good at it and do mm -hmm. it. Right. And like so Eric said, too, is most people, I mean, we're seeing clients maybe two or three times a week. So it's very dependent on the person, too. Like, I might do it because I'm going to train six times a week for an hour. Right. But if I have like Jane Doe coming in, who's like 52, doesn't really care that much. She has three hours a week. Maybe it's even two. Am I going to yeah. spend 15 minutes doing Turkish getups? Like, <laughs> no, I, I'm just not. Actually, I just posted on this basically with like super heavy barbell deadlifts. Right. It's like that shit takes a while. So like depending yeah, on does. the person, it's not always going to happen. So like. Again, it's just I'm a big logistics guy, so I just I bring that up again. It's what like about there's mobility so stuff? many things. Mm. You guys do a lot of mobility stuff in your sessions. I don't do as much as I probably should be. I'm tr I try and be a stickler with like hitting full range in certain things, which doesn't always get it. But that's primarily how I built my mobility, so I'm like slightly biased towards that. Like, yeah, I never worked on my squat mobility. I just squatted heavy, super low, and like now I can sit down far. So I'm just like yeah. cool. Um, but also like just to Eric's point again, like there's, I, I was thinking about this today. It's like, I can only do so much, right? Like I can't do all, you can't be a master conditioner building as much muscle as possible. Get strong, be like, not kill yourself. Like there's so many things that I can, mm -hmm. I want to do with you, but I only have you for two or three hours a week. Yeah. So it's like, why are you here? You want to feel better, get strong and like stop, not feel old anymore. It's like with basic strength training, I could get most of those done but i can't mm. spend 20 minutes with mobility which i would love to do but that's it's it, either not why they're here or you know a buy-in in a sense yeah real yeah, world I do, yeah for mobility Keep, i just do cool. stretching and i try to get full range of motion too i should probably get more into it though i know there's a massive community out there for mobility that i yeah. like right have not tapped into stuff. at all yeah but you know what's interesting like, and i'll stuff. say this it's it's that let let those people be the mobility people and you just keep getting the people that want the kettlebells you know, like oh, yeah, that makes sense. I've, yeah. I've found myself trying to spread way too thin sometimes. And that's why, I oh, too, 100%. that's why I try, I try not to do too much in my session. Like I'm good at getting people strong. I yeah. do it without yeah. killing them. Cause they're all like 50 and we're going <laughs> to yeah. do it in a pretty, yeah, we're that's do it in like, has... sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, we're going to do it in a like slightly different way. That's probably a little bit more fun that you've never seen. Yeah. So I'm just going to rock out with that. In terms of retention too. And this is like a funny and I think people might relate to this because we all do in-person sessions. There are certain things that you do that are conducive to conversation, which makes the person want to stay with you and things that are not. And like mobility yep. is just not, right? Like you have somebody do like barbell bench into like pull-ups while they're resting for three minutes. So you get to talk about what the economy looks like and like who's going to vote for who like in the election. You know what I'm saying? And like if you're doing consistent stretches and you're cueing them through it, it's sort of hard to build that rapport. And it can make sessions All feel you, a little bit awkward. You're raising, you're raising an interesting point. Uh, I, I, I'm the complete opposite. Uh, oh, really? Are you I, like I, a, I love it. Do this, I love it. do that? No, 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 um, first of all, the stretching and mobility stuff. The kettlebell has improved my mobility to, to, to a oh, world yeah. where I was, I was like, I was typical bodybuilding stiff. Yeah. And now I look like a yogi. 
Yeah, but that's that's kettlebells, right? It's it's mm -hmm. it's full range of motion and all that kind of stuff. And of course, maybe my my joints are conducive to this type of work. I would I might add, but five. Yeah, sorry, keep going, Eric. Yeah, I was just you brought up yoga. I didn't do yoga for three years, and then I went two months ago after doing eighty percent of my training is kettlebells, um, and the rest is like calisthenics and like random other stuff. But um, because of all the unilateral work that's mm. provided with bells. I was, I was looking around the room. I'm not, I'm not a yogi at all, obviously. Right. But I was like stable throughout the yeah. whole hour long of this hot yoga yeah. session. Whereas, you know, yeah. three years ago I would have been yeah. struggling Yeah, and we're talking about carryovers. Exactly. There's like this weird carryover because of the unilateral aspect of kettlebell training. Because you're working yoga. single side. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't as yeah. flexible as the, you know, yogis and all the people who, go there regularly mm. but i was impressed with my progress even but they've specialized right i mean these guys specialize yeah. into mobile yes. being hypermobile and, and maybe even some of some of the folks have this tendency to be hypermobile and then they move towards a i mean that's funny even when you look at the science of of, of muscle fibers where you can say, hey, you have uh, one group of people that is very dominant with type one, then the other group of people that's probably the endurance guys, and then you have the other guys who, who are very uh, uh, dominant with type 2A, type 2X, interesting, the, str the strength guys, but there are hybrid fibers. I didn't know that. So there's fibers who can attach and a little bit morph into one side or the other, which is fascinating. So people gravitate towards they, what they like. But speaking from this, Eric, same here. I have the, the mobility and flexibility now that I have. It is kettlebells only. And what I do with our clients is I've learned it from Steve Carter. I just go through the, through, the, through the joints. I start with the neck. Then I go into the shoulders a little bit. Then it's T-spine. Then it's hips. Then it's legs. And it's probably five minutes, six minutes. Then we uh, jog a little bit. I send them on a treadmill for a couple of minutes just to fast walking to get the heart rate up. And boom, we're ready. So it's like with explain and, and I love what uh, uh, you were saying, Pat. And see, that's I told you guys in the in the individual podcasts. That's why I like you guys so much because you bring real world experience to the table, logistics, time efficiency, working with an older crowd. It's not like it's not like in the book. It's a complete dif different world. The world doesn't match what sometimes people talk on IG or in their books. So when you see that. Right. And when I hear that, I immediately uh, resonate because exactly it's what it is. I think about, OK, wait, wait, wait. We have five exercises. If, if I explain these five exercises now, I mix them. OK, no, no, no. Let's take the fifth away. Let's do these three. OK. And then what happens in the session? OK, we start just before I got started with you guys. We had this one guy and we had with training, boom, boom, boom. And I did clean squat press right with one side. So what does one of our clients, his name is Ray. So what does he do? He cleans it and he keeps pressing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Ray, brother, Ray, Ray, Ray. It's clean, clean, clean. And sometimes I just let it roll. I'm like, come on, who cares, right? Yeah. Right, exactly, you're doing this back. <laughs> exactly, who cares? You're moving, you're doing a press, it looks great, awesome. And that's what it is with exercise selection and working with people, understanding where they're at. And when it comes to flexibility, with explaining the session, maybe five up max of eight minutes, and then I want to give you the most bang for your buck for what you came here for, because people don't come here to be maximally flexible and mobile, even though we know some of it is necessary, but working with people for so long, for seven years experience, maybe for somebody else's is different. Some people are limited, period, because the joint doesn't allow it. And I had somebody, did you have an accident? No, no, it just, it just doesn't move. Okay. Yeah. We accept it. We did everything. I tried everything with this guy from the mobility world. I was like, okay, bro, 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 bro. Hey, you know what? 
Are you having pain? No. When we train, does it limit you? No. Maybe certain of movements, maybe your arm is a little bit more in front than in my case. Who cares? And it's hard to talk about stuff. And, and, and talking about stuff. Yeah, here's what I do. I keep the <laughs> sessions in a way where we keep moving almost continuously throughout the sessions so that I avoid the talking as much because I want them to stay focused on the training as much as they can. And then afterwards, we can have a little chat chat or maybe in the beginning. Well, when they show up, I'm like, yeah. guys, you pay so much money. We just raised our prices this year. Yeah. And some of our clients be like, you serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Because yeah. we offer you value that, you're going, that you won't get anywhere else. I know it for a fact, at least from a huge mile radius. And even if I know folks, Emilio, I, uh, clients of us, they were like, we're going to New York. I'm like, hey, I can forward you to a, to a coach if you want to train. They're like, oh, we just want to visit the city. I'm like, okay, but hey, I know somebody there. Right? I know folks. Right, I know folks from all around the world, right? So I know from all around, I have this great network where I can forward guys to where I know I can trust these guys. Yeah. And, and then I want to, in the focus, I just want to be as, fo uh, in the session, I just want to be as focused as possible, limit the talking, make sure we stay focused on the training. Angie's a little bit different. She's more of a talker. And when she, and when she works with the ladies, I hear them, blah, 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 blah. in my case, I'm <laughs> totally fine. They still get a great workout, even with the men. She's also more talkative. And I always tell her, I say, babe, listen, I'll let you do your stuff, but maybe you just want to calm it down just a little bit. But I know it's also a trait of your character. Totally fine. Yeah. I talk too. Right? I have the gift of gap. I can't stop talking. But in the session, I'm, I'm more like, let's keep it a little down. Yeah, a lot of the clients, they, they like to therapize during oh, the sessions. Which <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a friend who was a CrossFit coach, and uh, he would train a lot of couples. And um, <laughs> they, started, they started out together. <laughs> They started out together, like training together, and over time schedules conflicted, and so it was one and one. And they started telling him about all their problems. So he became this like couples therapist, and eventually they 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 quit. But it's just interesting the dynamics between coaches and clients. And while I and just a small point right there, while I totally I, I know this for a fact when I was working in the gym in a commercial gym was the same thing. Like people yeah. walk up, I'm just pregnant. And you know, I'm not sure about my baby. I'll be like, bro, I'm just your coach. Relax. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but hey, that, that's reality. So you understand it to a certain extent. But here's what I also did. And I, I really did this. I was like, listen, I do understand where you're coming from. And I do feel the need to tell you that maybe you have, I have to refer you out to somebody who can really help you in that regard, give you therapy, and maybe treat that symptom that you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, and no, I'm all because, funny, yeah. and here's because I know my limits, and yeah. I want to make it absolutely clear. Listen, I'm your coach. Yeah. Little bit of therapist therapy, of course, because training is therapy. But as soon as you cross this threshold, hey, I'm not qualified. So yeah, want to stretch yourself too thin, like Pat was saying. I think this is where my age comes into play and is a very helpful because I'm like, bro, you're like 36. You're going to ask a 26-year-old for advice right now. <laughs> like, I, I think you might want to refer out. I don't know about that one. There's something <laughs> you need. Unless they ask about social media, like, hey, bro, yeah, how does this Instagram yeah. stuff work, yo? <laughs> like, just like I was born when The Lion King came out. You probably shouldn't ask me about this. <laughs> like, sorry about that. There, there's something unique about when you move your body because it definitely, especially with other people, it makes mm -hmm. you much more willing to open up and oh, talk about things. Yeah, it's a good and point. So, if anyone's wondering about like the the relationship between lifting weights and mental health, you're much more willing to discuss certain things if you 
if you kill your body. Oh wow. God. And you're, I've and you're told so many things that I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. And you're talking about, and you're talking about relationship, Eric, you know what that immediately pops into my mind. That's why you see trainers, male trainers exploiting that situation yes. and then sleeping oh, with yeah. every, every, every one of their clients. And I'm like, let me tell you one thing, guys, I have done this once in the commercial gym that I was working at. I was making out with one of our clients, uh, or one of the, uh, it wasn't client, it was a member, right? Yeah. She gave me hell and everybody knew it. And everybody knew who there's drama between Gregory and Burr. I'll n that, that one, that really burned me. I was like, I'll never, never ever do this. Of course, I'm with Angie now, that's something different. Yeah. But he, I told Angie, I, I'm telling you all the time, you don't have to be jealous of any other women because I will never in my life again touch or have something with a client. I think as a male, especially as a man, you have to be professional. What I do sometimes when we do stretches, for example, we have at the end of the session, we do the cobra stretch, right chest up, and then we hips up, hips go up, you extend your arms, which is such a great stretch for the upper body, right, to, to open up that, that area. And when the ladies go down in the position, I always walk sideways, I never look towards them and I make sure that I keep eye contact. And when I look at their body, I make sure it's in a professional manner that they understand, hey, I want to see how you move. I don't want to see your curves, right? Yeah. So I think this is the most professional approach that you have to have as a coach. And if you're, and, and especially, I love how you say this, Eric, movement open up, opens up a conversation and if you, you can definitely exploit it as a trainer. Most I tell I tell people all the, like for me I've told this to other trainers too like being very public and having a long term girlfriend at this point we're going on like six years is like the ultimate cheat code I think because like in New York City especially like a lot of women are looking for training like more than men I think online I have a lot of men but training in person is mostly women and I've found that it like has made it very easy for people to relate and talk to me and connect with me and feel safe because mm. I so openly and freely actually talk about my relationship with my girlfriend and stuff like that. And so it makes people know like, oh, like he's a safe person to be with. And then the second thing that I do is I always, 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 always for, for any client, but especially when I'm with a woman, I always say, cause I'm a little bit of a manipulator. Like I prefer to like manipulate oh, people into mm -hmm. positions and then explain, mm. I'll say, do you mind if I touch you? And I mostly get mm. yeses, but in the times where I get. Uh-oh. I oh, also have oh, enough oh, okay. Now we got Not touching people. Oh, we That's just right. lost. We lost yeah, you for a second. Us. It was like when uh -huh. the time was saying no. <laughs> um, I've, I've had clients so I was saying I have clients say no at times but yeah. I have that excuse or I have like other options in my back pocket because yes. I also train a lot of children like I run a youth strength and conditioning mm. class and so I need to be able to learn how to manipulate and move people through space without tell without moving them oh, man. and so having both of those options and so it's like don't worry like if the answer is no I don't care like I this is just my preferred way mm. and we can work together and I found that that has made it feel like a safe environment. I also do mostly small group training. I have a very few like exclusive, like one-on-ones that pay a lot of money. Um, but mostly I do small group trainings and that also helps make the environment more relaxed mm. as well. Because what, it's what, like, you're And uh, one, I have two questions now for the group. First of all, um, do you think that, because that's, that's a little bit what I tend to believe, uh, gravitate towards because I rarely touch folks, almost never really in in the emergency cases i'm like you feel it here or right with the fist never go with the finger i go with the whole fist like in, in the hips or something like this and um i i came to the conclusion that if you are a great 
orator, you have very great conversational skills, and you have great cues, you almost don't need to touch people. There are points where, of course, contact is important and it makes sense, but I see it training a lot of folks online as well. It's like the better your cues are and the more they can visualize the cue. For example, with the hinge, it's like I had this one guy, he goes into the hinge, but the upper back is almost straight, right? So I'm like, yeah. listen, listen, listen. Imagine glass of water at your back, lower back. Don't, it shouldn't tip. The guy's like, boom. Oh, here you go. Or a ski jumper. Imagine a ski jump, right? And stuff like this. So do you think it is a valid point to say, hey, the better your cues are, the, the less you have to touch people. And my second question is, how is the gender uh, differences between all you guys? I mean, Emilio, I you already shared yours. I'll go first because I, I have to head out, unfortunately. But uh, oh, yeah. my biggest thing is I, I, I agree with you. I, for some reason, just cannot get people to do the proper hand insertion just through words. And so my manipulation <laughs> is mostly like repositioning the bell to get them at that, like the three points of contact. And, um, but I, I, yeah, I agree in general, like the better you are at explaining, the more likely they can do it um, without you touching them, which is a good trait to have, especially if you're doing online because you can't physically manipulate them. Um, but yeah, I think there are a few things where it's just like, you need to just like, just adjust it a little bit so they can feel it and then they can do it on their own. Agree on yeah. the hand insertion, yeah. Pat, what, what's, your, what's your stance? Um, I was going to say basically the same thing. Um, I, 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 for no specific reason, got away from like physically manipulating clients. I'll still do it. I mainly do it. It's funny. We all have like the one thing I'll do it with. Like if they're doing like a lap hold down and their shoulders are like this, mm -hmm. I'm like, fucking pull your shoulders down. <laughs> but like, I'm also like, I'm probably a little, I'm very fortunate. I'm very close to all of my clients. Like half of my clients were at my wedding. Like they all know my wife. I've been training most of my clients for like four plus years. So like, if I do need to like touch them, like it's never any, mm. like it, it has no potential of being weird, but yes, I do remember when I was coming up, I'd be like, can I do this? Do you mind this and that? I just, you know, some people you need to like push them in it just to feel it once. But for the most part, I found that if I like demonstrate or say a certain way, most people are kind of catch up on it or catch on it. But some people you need to just kind of shove in that into a position sometimes just so they feel it the one time. One last point, if I could make, because I, I guess I'm like the only person that prefers like um, a physical manipulation. I usually will explain it and then I will give time and I'll literally let them do it wrong for a while and like give them a little bit of cues. I usually only go to the physical manipulation uh, if it's somebody who very much like doesn't understand how to move their body mm, through space. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I work with a good amount of people like that for whatever reason. That's the yeah, case. same here. Same here. Yeah. And then I'll like I'll literally I'll just like adjust their shoulder down and be like, oh, shit. Like, oh, OK. And I think that I feel like I'm a decent orator, but sometimes I just feel like that happens. Mm -hmm. And that could just be me preferring a physical manipulation. And mm -hmm. I think that the one thing I would say is I think that it's good to idealize being able to communicate clearly, like ver verbally. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not totally convinced that it's like better, like you're a better coach if you don't need to touch the person. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like, mm -hmm. there's yeah, excellent you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you guys are coming after me, but that's just mm. my like predilection, but that's sort of where I'm thinking, but I know mm -hmm. Eric, you need to go, which is unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, let you guys the party without me. So, but, but one, one more question before you jump off, uh, Eric, what's, uh, what's the gender differences in, in, in your space? I only teach men, not on purpose. Ah, interesting. Happens. And you know, what's and, interesting about that too, is like, I was looking at, um, my, uh, Instagram stats and it's like 90% men, 10%. Yes, really <laughs> same here, but, but wait, wait, wait. And let me just, uh, because I want to follow up on what you're saying, Eric, because it makes sense mm -hmm. because the kettlebell attracts men. 
Yeah, because yeah, see, yeah, I disagree. About this last time, it's like the positive. really. In, in my, yeah. I'll, I'll need your point now, Pat. But in in my case, because I'm so focused on kettlebells on YouTube, it's it's ninety percent males, thirty five to forty five, and then up. Yeah, and uh, and but but in the gym, but training, it's fifty fifty now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, multiple points on that. YouTube, I think, attracts men over women. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's, oh, that's another point. And, no, that's another point. Um, and, and also, but even like, in the ads, even in the ads, sorry if I interject, even in the ads and the leads that we're getting, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of men. But well, I'm targeting also men. Uh, yeah, well, a lot of, like, <laughs> I think mostly men are, uh, even if you weren't targeting them, the algorithm would target the men because yes, the yes, yes, the population exactly. that would look and like up fitness exactly. stuff online, I think more. And the gym, I, I wonder if Angie being there helps you like get the 50 50, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it's, it's just, funny, it's funny when she. When she wasn't all in, it was 90% women. Really? I believe hmm. that completely. And then we gravitated towards kettlebells, moving a little bit away. Angie moving in more. And then we have more men. But it's like, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. I think it has to do with the kettlebell to a certain extent, especially online. But uh, you, you're laying out great, great reasons why that might be the case. But in the gym, it's, it's now 50-50. They're, they're intimidated by Angie, that's why. Just kidding. Mm. <laughs> Eric, if you have to go, you, you can go. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to keep right. you too long. But... All right, I'll, I'll listen to the rest after. Uh, after hey, thank you so much for joining, awesome man. Talk, man. It was awesome yeah, talk. We got to repeat this. Thank Hope you. We can do this soon. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, so I'll piggybacking off of him. So I, I think he's right in terms of like men are way more inclined to look up stuff online, women are way more inclined to get help in person. Yep. So that's where I think, mm. I think that's why you see, I mean, my clients are 75% women, 25% men in terms of personal training and like potentially going to a gym and taking classes. Men mm. are more inclined to be like, mm, I saw this guy's post. I'll go try this on my own. So in terms of like training mm. that I, I could be completely wrong on this next. I'm definitely right on that, but I could be completely wrong on this next part. I think kettlebells are less intimidating than a barbell and women tend to gravitate towards them when they start to enjoy maybe lifting a little bit more. Now, I also think the barbell is just, in terms of percentages, obviously more people use barbells and stuff, but I just think like if I gave a woman, and I could be wrong, right? Um, I think most women would feel a little bit more comfortable goblet squatting a 24 kilo kettlebell than trying a back squat. So here's something, here's an interesting perspective I have on this because the gym that I do all the programming for in Brooklyn, Lapine, is like 90% women. And we, we have kettlebells, we have landmines, we have barbells, we have like everything, except for a cardio machine, which I'm begging him to get. But um, our demographic is 90% women, is like 90% women. And what I find is, because I actually train the most amount of people there, and I write all the programming. Paul does a good amount of training. He does the logistics for the gym. Does that make the sense? Owner? Sort of a... The owner? Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. the owner. So, so like a lot of people work with me and train with me. And I think that your personality, and this is almost an intangible, will drive people towards certain things. Because I mean, you guys have seen me train, like I use a blend of modalities like all the time. I have more people asking me how to, if they, when they're ready for the Zercher squat than when they're ready to do a kettlebell swing. Yeah, yeah. And it's primarily women. Does that make sense? And yeah, I think yeah. it's because Gregory, this is like what we were talking yeah, about when yes. you were talking about owning the gym or whatever. Like yes, exactly. there is an intangible when you walk into the room and you're guiding somebody Yes. that they in some ways want to emulate their coach. And mm -hmm. that is a very like, it, it's a very interesting phenomenon because I've taken over the strength program as well at this other gym. 
and like it used to be everybody was like zerchers are fucking dumb like why are you doing them and now everybody's like when i just program squat because i never write front squat back squat goblet i write squat three by five whatever rpe eight or whatever it might be for the for the strength of class more people are doing zercher squats despite me never pushing them in class do you get mm -hmm. what i'm saying so and there's like, some kind of intangible yeah. as a result yeah. of your personality so pat, pat maybe it's that they see you training with kettlebells a lot and they're like oh like do you get what I'm saying? Like it's a little mm, bit yeah. of like a causation correlation mm. type thing. Yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense because a lot of my clients, like they say in a similar concept to like your searchers, they're like, Ooh, I want to swing the heaviest kettlebell that you have, like, or the exactly. heaviest sandbag we've got. Like, how do we get there? It's mm. a good point. Exactly. So I, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's very powerful as well. Wow. Yeah. I, I think w what's interesting to note as well is when we talk about the gender differences, um, I pay more. I, we target women 30 plus, and men 30 plus, and I pay more per lead with the women, and I pay less with the men. So that's part of the data that shows me that probably, because it's a kettlebell is on the image, and that's so funny, by the way, I have an image on the kettlebell uh, on Facebook, right, where I used to advertising, it's me doing a 64 kilo swing, so the kettlebell's at the top, and then at the small side, you see the ebook, and I've pulled my pants up, right, because to, de yeah. to, de to decrease friction of the fabric. And funny side note, people are always commenting because it looks a little bit funny with the with the clothes, with the pulled up pants. Yeah, yeah. And guys be like, hey, what are you wearing? Are you wearing diapers or something, right? And I intentionally now only use that because it works so well. Because mm -hmm. the yeah, more engagement- comments, yeah, yeah. Yes, but, and you know what happens when you get more engagement on your ads? Facebook charges you less money. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Right, so I know, okay, I'm gonna leave that, I'm gonna leave that image up. But I think it's a little bit more, it's probably both th things, and I 100% agree, it's what you are putting at, in, at, let's say, it's what you are demonstrating or what you care about the most. I think it will be the same here. I'd be like, let's do squats. Probably most will pick up a goblet, a kettlebell, right? For a goblet exactly. squat, right? Exactly. Because yep. they know we do it so often, they see me do it. And nobody would, would come to think to pick up a barbell for, for a back squat yep. because we almost never do it. And I love how, how you program it. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why should I write rack squat, goblet squat, front? Let's just write, let's squat. That's what we do. Yeah, right? I always do that. I write squat mm. or bench. And people will be like, what should I do for bench? And sometimes I'll be like, do you want to use a barbell? And if they say no, I'll be like, grab two kettlebells and bench yeah. the kettlebells. Like it doesn't really fucking matter. It's, it's the movement. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a little more awkward counts. to get it into the rack position and get the hand insertion right with kettlebell bench, but it's still a good movement. I've been training it a lot. Um, so it's mm. the type of thing that I, it's also like, the, the one thing about that though, I will say is that it makes it hard to understand the lexicon sometimes of what you write. Because like we were talking oh, about with simple and sinister, point. Point. right? Like sometimes people just like being told do this. And mm -hmm. a lot of people that work with good me point. like in private, like privately or whatever, they're like, oh, you just wrote squat. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, do a squat like that, that matches the intent. Like I'm making my first foray. This is way back into the start of our conversation, Gregory, about scaling. Like people mm -hmm. have been asking me enough for general programming. Like it happens all the time now that I'm actually doing a beta test for it right now. And right. like the way that I have it is essentially structured. Like you can use any implement and I'm, I'm giving you tips and stuff and recommendations cool. for the- great. It's a great idea, it. man. Yeah, and, then, and, and it's working really well. For, like the people see, are having good results. I see. Yeah. See, so you're having an, an a, a, a inkling of what a high value content offer exactly. based on what you do would be. It's like, hey, I'm a, I, I do all stuff. I do zercher, I use sandbags, I use this, I also do kettlebells. Yeah. So let me give you 
a little program that, right? And but that you find that out when you get, gather more experience. You know? But it's also a live by the sword, die by the sword thing. Like I had somebody originally roll into the enroll into the beta test, and he gave me like very harsh feedback about how it was like convoluted and hard to understand and overwhelming. And, you know, I can also tell that I'm becoming older and like more mature as a person because I feel like a younger me would have been very hurt by this comment. Like he was just trying to give honest feedback. And like my initial reaction was like, well, duh, like you see how I train. Like this is, of course, I'm going to write it. Like, and I know that it works. It's not that convoluted. You just read the instructions. But in reality, I, I just told him, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And like I even have as a disclaimer in when you sign up for the program, this is not a minimalist program. This is a maximalist program. See, so like this they, is how you improve. Emilio, exactly. and but I, I'm sure you got probably 90% positive feedback, and then there's one negative, more. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Okay, great. Yeah. But but the good thing is we learn a little bit more through the negatives because yeah, yeah. the negatives will teach you like, hey, convoluted. So you're you're thinking, be like, oh, let me put up this disclaimer. This wouldn't have happened if the guy wouldn't have told you. Right. Right. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, then, exactly, what are you exactly? Like, so what are you actually doing? You are refining the product based on. The negative feedback to a certain extent, of yeah. course, also to positive because like, hey, man, I like this and this is what I like the most. Then you have like 100 people say this is what I like the most. And you're like, OK, I want to something. Right. Yeah. This is what people like. And, and this is where marketing comes into play again, where sometimes it's like people people enjoy one particular thing a lot. And you're like, yeah, but that doesn't give them that much benefit. Yeah, but people love it. Exactly, and yeah. here's what I've learned, this one great quote that I'll always tell myself, you can either be right or you can be rich. <laughs> let's let's not it, care yeah. about the money. I mean, it's not, not even about the money, but this is human psychology again, right? So yeah. we go full circle where people want something, they gravitate towards it. And now you're like, yeah, but normally based on the science, bro, yeah, but that's what they want. So give them what they need and then give them what, uh, give them what they want and then give them what they yeah. need, right? That's a great point. It makes perfect sense. Got to eat your broccoli and cookies. That's what I yeah, say. Yeah. It's like yeah. if you want to, yeah, if you want to do, if you want to oh, do God. bicep curls and assault bike sprints because you think it's the greatest thing in the world, that's fine. But we got to do our squats and pull ups first, this right? Is, or whatever exactly, it is. Exactly, exactly, man. This is exactly. me being slightly controversial. I feel like Gregory, especially, is going to get this. Like a big thing that I've been saying on my like social media, whatever following I have, is like you can actually you can chase many rabbits. Like I, I've been saying that a lot. And I think Gregory knows that, like, who I'm kind of contending with when I say that. It's like, that's a very common thing Dan John says, like, don't chase two rabbits. Because, mm -hmm. um, like, I'll mm -hmm. often have, like, my clients, like, do handstand push-up progressions, max interval, like, bike sprints, and then, like, max out their zercher deadlift, like, in the same session. And they mm -hmm. just, like, keep getting better without, like, injuries and stuff like that. And sure, none of them are, like, elite. Well, I have a, I have a few people that are pretty strong. But like none of them are crazy crazy, but they continuously get better at multiple things. And I mm -hmm. very much believe in various training. Mm -hmm. And so like my big thing is like you can chase many rabbits. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, sort of going to what you said, Pat, like, yeah, you can have your broccoli and your cookie too, and you can be fine. What's yes, the, I'm yes, curious, what's the what's the average age of most of your clients? So I you know, you want to hear something crazy from fucking sixteen to seventy, I train. I train a massive demographic. In person, mm -hmm. I can specialize a little bit more. It's about thirty-five to 70 but if you include my youth class it's obviously kids right. my online training which is mostly this philosophy distilled is probably between 20 to 40. okay interesting minus 48. it's 48. yeah yeah average. about one minus two i'd say at yeah, least for average. in person yes, so yes, i yes. think i'm very like and, and i don't have a lot of more time but i think i mean as you guys can see like when i swear a lot like i'm not very professional like I talk shit about like stuff very wantonly and freely. 
And I think that attracts like a, a particular type of person more than a particular type of age. Like mm -hmm. I would say overwhelmingly, the people mm -hmm. I work with are very highly educated, like have multiple degrees from college or work in like elite firms. Like they work for like finance or tech or something like that wow. or, or real estate. And so they like distilled information and they like upfront communication. Well, you know what I would do if I was in uh, your shoes, Emilio, because that's what sure. we learned doing the halo strategy is these are clusters and patterns that tell you who your dream avatar is. Ah, I've heard this before. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because you're spe you see again, it's experience. You're not, you, you didn't learn this in school. It's like, Hey, these are yeah. the guys, right? Yeah. So how about this? Uh, the perfect program for real estate, uh, for realtors who'd like to get into the conversation of the la, 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 you know, something like this, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Speak, to think about that. speak yeah. their language. And because while I understand that it's, you can't train everybody to a certain extent, the, the power is in your yeah. dream avatar. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's just like we're exercised. The, the more you specialize, the higher the results. Exactly. Exactly. And the, here's what, here's what the beautiful thing about this is just to end this on this one, because here's what I realized when you have a target audience that you know exactly who they are and you know exactly their pain points, the marketing writes itself. Yeah, I was going to exactly. say, you could also use that to, it's basically what creates your content. Anytime you talk exactly. to somebody, whatever words they use is the wording you put in your Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, have your you seen like how long my posts are? Like I write like epics. Like I don't just write like a quick, like reflect, like I always write like four paragraph posts on my Instagram stories or like even you know what I mean? Instagram posts. The wording, the wording that you put in there is what your, those people are saying, not what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like let's oh, say yeah, I was yeah, yeah, let's yeah, say I, I was training yeah, yeah. forty five year old moms who wanted to tone up and lose ten pounds of or lose this. Of our right? yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm yeah. not going to say, hey, this is how you tone and do this. But that's what if that was my target audience is going to say. Speak like this. I'm going to use it exactly. Yeah, yeah you give exactly. It back to them. Yes. Yeah. This is. So you, I would say like let's say with yeah. real estate, I would be like, oh, like let's maximize your return on investment. With exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and write that down, Emilio. Write that down. As soon as you see these patterns and clusters emerge, the age, where they're from, gender, what job they are, the more specific you get, then it's like when you talk to the audience, it's like, oh, this guy's talking to me. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It feels special. Yeah. 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 This is the power of, of, of connecting with your target audience. And I was, I was like, why is that? Because you truly understand where these people are. And you know what happens? This happens to me so often. They walk in and like, it's exactly how you say it. I was thinking about going under the knife. Yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah, how do yeah. I know this? Not from my personal experience, from talking to you guys. Yeah, it's true. You know, women no, in the 50s? Yeah, but so many of my friends, I'm like, I I is that common? Yo, yeah, that's normal, Greg, that's normal. That's normal, everybody yeah. does this. I'm like, what? Yeah, one of my friends, she's just uh, had an appointment with a, with, a, with a surgeon. He's a, uh, a, a, how do you say it? Face, beauty, beauty, beauty. Um... Like a beautician? Or like a, a plastic surgeon? Plastic surgeon, yeah. Oh. One of the most well-known plastic surgeons. She has to wait three years. Yeah. I'm like, seriously? Well, these yeah. guys are overbooked. And it's women in the 40s, 50s, even younger. But 40s, 50s, why? Biggest pain point. Have experienced the problem so long. Now they want a quick solution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. this is, you, you only know this because you talk to your clients and talk to your audience. Or what is the major... No, and that doesn't even take a lot of time. Number one reason why people don't train, they don't have time. Yep. So what do I say? You can get in shape with only 30 minutes of uh, training per week despite being short on time. Oh my God, really? Oh, wow, that's it? I don't have to train seven days a week, but you guys do, yeah, but we're, we're cracks.
we're yeah, nuts. We're, we're crazy. Yeah, we're yeah, crazy. Yeah. You don't have to be like, yeah. yeah, you can have great. And funny thing is, and I got this on a YouTube comment. I, because of the offers that we were sending out in January, I'm telling people, hey, listen, and this is the magic number. When you have a, a, an annual program with us and you want to stick with the personal training or with the group, right? This is an intense program, high-intensity training, for uh, high-intensity coaching for the whole year. It's 40 sessions. You pay for 40 sessions for the whole year. This is my demographic. Because you said, so I think Eric said this two to three times per week, or maybe you, Emilio. I'm like, wow, two to three times, or, or Pat, I don't know. Two to three times a week, oh my God. My, our, in our case, 85% comes once. They show up oh, once. Oh, wow. Wow, that's, that's not a lot at all. That's the time too. constraint. That's the time yeah. constraint of this audience. Okay, so here they come. They come once a day. That's why I'm talking about giving most bang for their buck. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. It makes so sense it's then. these 40 sessions, and then people on YouTube be like, yeah, but 40, I, I, I mentioned this in the video. So the guy was like, yeah, but 40 sessions, there's no results. Of course you get results. You get results, most definitely, because you're consistent. Yeah, but not like these crazy results. Well, you can if you uh, distill it down a little bit, where they train a little bit more intensively yeah. in the first couple of months. Yes, it is possible. But then it's all about maintenance and staying connected to the goal. Yeah, but yeah. the results, what kind of results are you expecting then? There were crazy the results is, like you and I get. That's something different, right? Yeah. I, I think the thing is, and, I, and this needs to be my parting comment because I need to go to the Bronx to go teach my yeah, strength class. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Um, what was I going to say? No, no, no. I'm not going to lose it like last time, Gregory. So keep essentially, it, keep, keep oh, there are there are people like Kettlebell Keith, or not Kettlebell Keith, Kettlebell Grant and Sean. It is not me talking shit about them. Who like sell, uh, they essentially just sell simple and sinister. That's pretty much what they do. It's swings and Turkish get-ups. But they mm -hmm. offer high accountability. So like you'll pay them a lot of money, like $5,000 for the span of like two months or something like that. And the results are absolutely insane because they already have the base for the program and, the, and the, what they sell is not the base of the program. It's a community of men, like you're saying, over 40, I think that's who they target mm -hmm. and are mostly dads. And they have these crazy results of people dropping like 30 pounds because they have such a, restrict, a strict diet. But the thing is that environment sort of provides the results, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it's the type of thing where people might be looking at like Kettlebell Grant or something like that. I'm like, oh, am I gonna get the results that Kettlebell Grant is getting from Gregory's program? But you're actually selling something a little bit different. You're selling consistency. You're selling a long-term solution. Whereas I would say mm -hmm. they are selling like a more short-term, you know, mm -hmm. get ready for your wedding type thing. Yes, you know yes, what I'm yes. Saying? And those are both legitimate sales. Totally I'm fine. Say I agree totally more fine. with your approach than with theirs, mm -hmm. but like they still both work. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, yes. This has been such a pleasure, like such a fun episode. We have to do this again. I wish mm -hmm. I could stay longer and I wish Eric could, but I am needed uh, in the Bronx. So yes, I will awesome. see you guys Go later. Do your thing. Check out to the Bronx. Do your thing. Awesome. Bye-bye. See, it's so, so fascinating, man. All these talking points, you know, that you see when you talk to people with real, real world experience, it's just, yep. it's a blast, it's, man. It's a different, uh, it's so different too. And that's why I always like to, I like that you have a lot of coaches that follow you and I like to put information out there for coaches because what people think training in, in person is, is not what it actually is. It's yeah. so God. different. Like, yeah. you know, it, it you don't get the people coming in five times a week for an hour and 10 minutes. They're going to eat perfect. <laughs> yeah. Everything's like, you know, it's, I always like, it, there's, like I said, the logistics of it. It's like, well, why didn't you superset your bench press with the pull-up bars? Like, cause the pull-up bars on the other side of the room. That's the only reason, right? There's no you can't take the textbook and bring it into the gym. It just doesn't work. It's impossible. It maybe gives yeah. you some groundwork, right? Where you understand, right. okay, this is how it's supposed to be done. But then you build mm -hmm. the experience and you actually find out, wow, okay, so I can, I can apply maybe like 20% or maybe the training education, right? With the mm -hmm. push, pull, squat and everything. 
But I love what you say. It's the exact opposite. People will always struggle with their diet. People will fail to show up. So we do a lot of outreach where I, I tell clients and, and somebody recently said this. I don't know how it is in your case, but somebody recently said this. She was like, I don't like how you guys follow up with me. And I say, okay, listen, I, as Angie and me, we always say this. We said, you either communicate or you block me. Mm -hmm. If you join our program, you have to tell me to stop or I'll keep pushing you because you pay me to follow mm -hmm. up with you on a regular basis. Where are you? Keep the eyes on the ball. One client, I always say this, keep the eyes on the ball, Alex. He's like, coach, I'm keeping my eyes on the ball. My reply, then where are you at? Right? So we showed up. So it's a little bit of tough love, right? But it's like, hey, guys, and the struggle with diet, same thing. And I probably, probably assume, I'm assuming you have the same situation. You explain something when it comes to, let's say, diet, right? They listen. <laughs> Next week, a couple of days later, they come back. They ask the same question with a different iteration. Yeah. And you already answered it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you got to answer it again. All, all the time. All the time all the time. We help busy over 40s get in shape in 30 days with only 30 minutes of kettlebell training per week. Grab your free ebook to find out how we do this. Type yes in the comments or check the link in our bio or description.